Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and good morning. A pleasant good Friday morning. Boy, those are words to hear, aren't they? A good Friday morning. Casey McAllister, good morning. Good morning, Tom. How are you feeling today, big boy? You got the Irish look about you today. Do I? You look like a man of the seas. Yeah, I've got the beard going. I think I'm going to grow it out for the rest of the year. Are you? Yeah. Look very good. All the way. Because I don't know if you guys remember, but during the playoffs, I had a big beard. Yeah, you did. Burly. Very burly. That's right. So. He's intimidating. That's what I'm planning to go for because it's going to be cold. So you and I pay for Huh? In an Irish pub. That's right. That's right. Elliot, good morning. Morning, Tom. Everything okay? Everything's great. It's magical out. Clean shaven Elliot rearing today. That's right. Yeah. I look like a, 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 a baby seal, is what I've been told. <laughs> a little baby seal. You look great. You do. It looks so much better. You can, look, you can play for the Yankees now. I could play for the Yankees. That's right. I think they got rid of that rule, didn't they? No, they still have it. They Red, still, Red should sure? have kept it. They let it change for one man. Can you name that man? The Reds' policy forever was no mustache, no beard. Can you name the one player? that they changed the rule for in the history of the Redlegs. And it's it's never gone back as a rule ever since. No. Was it uh it's got to be someone from the Big Red Machine? Nope. No, really? Nope. I don't know then. Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn. Greg Vaughn. How about that? Right. Reed, you all right this morning? You're, uh, you're a little more upbeat today. You got high and tight. You're looking good. I did. I got a haircut. My lovely wife gave me a haircut yesterday. So uh, I feel good. I look good. Uh, let's have a great show, Tom. Very, very nice. Big League sweatshirt you got there. Thanks. C-box. You won't good take any box. heat for that today. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, we come your way Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. 12 p.m. You can find us on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. We're even broadcasting live on Twitter. Thousands and thousands of you. We thank you so much. From points across the country and across the globe. Many of you join us in podcast form. Just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. All right, a little more than 72 hours away in counting. Sunday night showdown at Paycor between two of the top teams in the AFC. No doubt and debate about it. Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. Visitors sitting at 5-3 and three on the year. Home team after the 0-2 start, the 1-3 start. Have won three in a row. Now 4-3 and three on the year. Coming off by far their best game Sunday in the win over the Niners. The two teams met during the regular season last year. The game was halted, you may remember, after the cardiac arrest suffered by DeMar Hamlin. They met again in the playoffs in Buffalo, a convincing Cincinnati win. We will talk through some of the key matchups in this game coming up shortly. James Rapine in a matter of minutes from SI.com will join us to talk more about this game. Look, it may not be pretty. I mean, all KC does, it almost sounds like a repeat of everything the Browns do. In fact, it's downright ugly at times. But the men of aluminum, they just keep on winning. They get it done when it matters the most. Kenny Pickett struggles for most of every game. Then the fourth quarter comes around. He looks like Tom Brady. The Pittsburgh quarterback took his team on a go-ahead 11-play, 92-yard drive with four minutes to go, hitting Deontay Johnson for a touchdown. Anybody have that on a parlay? No, did not have Deontay Johnson. It's just weird that Kenny Pickett just keeps winning ball games in the fourth quarter, Tom. You're I, the only guy around here that doesn't badmouth him. I, Elliot kills him. Casey kills him. I just sit back and try to look at it objectively. Deontay Johnson, his first touchdown since 2021. Oh, wow. 
Well, it's hard to believe. Uh, the defense picks off Tennessee's Will Levis. You know what? Will Levis has got a chance to be pretty doggone good. Yeah, he does. Yes, he does. That yes. guy, um, he's impressive, man. He's big. He's strong. He's tough. He has got a cannon for an arm. I'd love to find out if there's somebody in the NFL that has a stronger arm than that guy. He's got. That was the mo, right? Good arm, good I'm, body. Yeah, I mean, he would make he get a little sloppy with a ball at times at Kentucky, but man, pretty impressive. Anyway, Levis throws an interception, the first of his very young two-game career. That came with six seconds left in the game, sealing a 20-16 win. Bad news for the Steelers. Linebacker Cole Holcomb suffered a very serious knee injury in the first quarter for Pittsburgh. Had to be carted off the field. Steelers now 5-3. and three. One game behind Baltimore for the division lead. You look ahead of this weekend, the Ravens will host the Seattle Seahawks at 1 o'clock. Arizona travels to Casey. Cleveland. You got it. Brownies, 1 o'clock kick uh, on Sunday. A couple of other great games this weekend include the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Bright and early Sunday morning from Frankfurt, Germany. Then late in the afternoon, I mean, if you love football, to, uh, Sunday is your day if you love pro football, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Right? Don't blow off church. You can come back and watch the game. You got, you got the Chiefs and the Dolphins. Whatever 1 o'clock game you're interested in. Then at 425, Dallas goes to Philly. NFC East showdown. That game is on Fox. College football. On Wednesday, you may remember, the Big Ten coaches spent 90 minutes on a conference call. Yesterday, the athletic directors did the same with Big Ten Commissioner Tony Petiti and basically said the same thing. Action must be taken. The words were... According to one source, Petiti and the Big Ten need to step up and not wait on the NCAA. I got to tell you, I don't know the guy. I know nothing about it. But I give it up to Purdue coach Ryan Walters. He's the only guy through this whole thing who has thrown his name out there and the words out there. And this is what I'm saying. Now, his Purdue team visits number three Michigan tomorrow. He said yesterday his school has direct evidence. The Wolverines scouted the Boilermakers in person numerous times this season. That's against the rules. He says, look, quit using the word allegations. These were strong words by Coach Walter. He says, quit using the word allegations. He says, these are facts. We have ticket purchases. We have Video evidence of taping our sideline and the signals. No allegations. Period. Number one, Ohio State goes on the road for a noon game tomorrow against 6-2. and two, The fighting Greg Schiano's in Rutgers. Something's got to give tomorrow at Nippert. When two winless Big 12 teams collide at Nippert. The University of Cincinnati. Losers of six in a row overall. Host UCF at 3.30. We've got the big tailgate tomorrow. Bash right? on Shortvine. Yeah, Bash right. on Shortvine tomorrow. Absolutely. Presented by Chatterbox Sports. We don't get credit from the local irresponsible media. Yep. But that's Chatterbox. Well, that's just the mainstream media, Tom. It, mainstream well, media, no, Tom. In, misinformation, they, disinformation everywhere. That's why they come to Chatterbox. That's right. Uh, now, in fairness to UCF, they have been in just about every game they've played this year in the Big 12, including against Oklahoma including Kansas State, 
UCF can score. Can UC's pass defense hold up? Their run defense is very good, even though they had the bad game last week. By and large, they've had a good run defense. Their pass defense stinks. Will Emory Jones play the whole game at quarterback? And don't ever forget, if you remember <laughs> nothing else about this game, you can throw out the record books That's right. when UC and UCF get together. Oh, yeah. That's right. Tom, I mean, this is, this is the most heated rivalry. You said and something in the sport. Yeah, you said something's got to give. It's going to be like when you're like hiking up a big hill, and, and your leg gives out. So UC's leg just going to give out. They're going to bench Emory Jones. They're going to lose this game by thirty. Bench a Heisman contender. I know. It's sad to see you had it's, him in the early running. He was after game one against Eastern whoever. Uh, you know he was he was looking good, but now he's unfortunately fallen to the bottom, the very bottom. He threw the ball six times in the first half last week. Now that's not on him. Yeah. But it's uh, well, it is a little bit because you can't trust him to throw. Either well, maybe so. But the team that they played last week had the second worst pass defense in the conference. Fair. And he threw the ball six times in the first half. The Fair. worst pass defense in the conference remains unnamed. Elsewhere in college football, I tell you what, man, don't sleep on Kansas State. If you've watched them the last two years, they were the Big 12 champions now, remember, last year. They're ranked number 23 in the country. They just beat Oklahoma last week, or Kansas beat them. Kansas State is playing great football. They go to number seven, Texas. Texas loses again. They're done for any hope at the college football playoff. Reads all over this Notre Dame thing. I mean, I don't know anybody outside of South Bend. I'm not even sure about Clemson, South Carolina anymore. But Notre Dame travels to Clemson. That used to be a big game not too long ago. Tom, the two most important people in your life love Notre Dame, me and your wife. So That's right. I, I, don't, I don't know why, <laughs> That's right. why you're belittling this game. This is a big game. My wife's not watching, so I, I've just hurt your feelings. I've not hurt hers. Number 12, Missouri. This is an interesting team. They travel to take on number two, Georgia. Number five, Washington. Remember, they're undefeated. Plays at number 20, USC. And the biggest game of the weekend, no doubt about it. Number 14, LSU at number 8, Alabama. That is must-watch television, even if you don't have rooting interest. That game is a game. Big time. And lastly, in baseball, this year's World Series, the least-watched series of all time. 23% less than last year's matchup between the Astros and Phillies, slightly less then three years ago, the COVID World Series when the Dodgers played Tampa Bay. Now, what do you make of that? Local numbers were up across the board in terms of attendance all over baseball, roughly about 9.5%. Local TV ratings were up in better than half the markets in baseball this year. But has baseball become strictly a local sport? What do you think about that, big boy? You're Mr. Baseball. Well, this is – it really is a shame that the World Series had such terrible numbers because in a year where viewership, as you illustrated, has gone up across the board in almost every facet, at the end of the day, everything that everyone will remember is how terrible the ratings were in the World Series. But, yeah, I think baseball has been like this for a while. We don't care about national storylines. You're a Reds fan. You don't care about what the Yankees are doing or what the Dodgers right. are doing. You care about what the Reds are doing. And maybe if they're playing toe-to-toe -to -toe in, in a playoff series, you care. But for the most part, you just care about your, your team. And that's okay. And that's okay. It doesn't have to be football where you care about every national storyline.
Yeah, I'm shocked a little bit. I, the interest in general, I felt like for baseball was up this year. I felt like there were some young guys that were, were peaking interest of the fans. So I, I'm a little shocked that it's – I mean, that's low. I, I, mean, I think it was like $8 million it was averaging roughly. So it, it's, it's a low number. It's a low number. But Reed's right. It's, it's become a local sport the past 10 years. I tell you the thing that blows my mind is uh, – and, and, look, I read a, a number of articles this morning about, you know, reasons why and, you know, playing on Friday night, that's the least watched night of television across the board, watching anything, you know. I mean, anything from you know, some sitcom to some sporting event. Friday nights are bad. They played the World Series on a Friday night. Um, there was the blowout game in game four. Where Correct. the Rangers were up ten to nothing by the third inning, click, click, click. Game two was a blowout too. Yeah, uh, for Arizona. Yes, the only game they won. Um, but but you know the thing that just um, if I'm Rob Manford and and he's not surprised by this, he's a very smart guy, whether you like him or don't. He's a smart dude. Um, is that a football game on Monday night between the Raiders, who are awful? I mean awful and the Detroit Lions who are good but it's the Raiders and the Lions and they're doing not quite double but significantly higher than baseball's biggest stage you want to know something that isn't people aren't going to like to hear this but I hold it to be a fact is that part of the reason that baseball is being left in the dust is gambling. It's harder to it's it's harder to gamble on than than football and basketball. Why? It's, it's just a more unpredictable sport. As that's why I thought I had read somewhere, and you guys would know this. I thought that I had read or heard or talked to somebody somewhere, where for the serious gamblers, and I'm sitting with quite a few on a daily We're very basis. Very serious, yeah. I understand that that you can make a lot of money in baseball. More so than the other sports. There's a lot more games. Well, There's I a lot know more that. Opportunities. But yeah. So I think that's part of the reason. It's it's like college basketball. There's games. There's there's 15, 13 games every single night throughout the summer. So yeah, there's opportunities there. But for for the lay, for the lay gambler, the the casual gambler, they're betting on football. They're betting on college football. They're betting on the NFL, and then maybe they'll sprinkle in some college basketball or some NBA. You've got to be. <laughs> Baseball's always been just kind of the holdover till the real "quote unquote" gambling season, which is the fall through through March. Okay, um, we've got James Rapine coming up here in a second, but I want to get something straight here right from the get go. Um, I don't remember in the past of Austin Hammonds being with us. Has he been with us regularly? I'm assuming I don't know. that's a he. Okay, Austin says, "Tom, you're so biased when it comes to Michigan. They have 90 days to appeal. That's the end of the season. If it was Ohio State." You would want them to wait till they had the information and all of it. Austin, I've gone on record as saying this has nothing to do with any bias whatsoever. I have said if it was Ohio State, if it was my alma mater, Ohio University, based on what they have already right now. Now, I'm all about innocent until proven guilty. But they have enough right now to do something. I mean, come on. I... I was on some message board yesterday reading some of the comments made by Michigan fans. And, and look, I know Ohio State fans would make the same comments if the situations were reversed. But th th this is ridiculous. I mean, come on. Sometimes you just got to look a situation in the eye and you just got to say, you know what? My guys, whoever your guys are in Austin, maybe they're Michigan, maybe they're not. Maybe you're just saying, Tom, you're biased against Michigan. 
But come on, I mean, there, there are certain situations you just have to say, man, this thing just simply stinks. It stinks. And our guys did something they shouldn't have been doing. They knew the rules. They knew the deal. And, and, and come on. I mean, come on. We'll find out. And when it comes to the NCAA, Austin, you are correct. They have to give Michigan exactly what the allegations and the charges are. Michigan gets 90 days to respond. But this is where the Big Ten, as we talked about yesterday, can step in and say, well, you know, they, they have to get an okay to get some of the allegations talking to the NCAA, which they clearly have already. But they're allowed to make a move. And I'm not suggesting what they should do one way or the other. I'm just saying, come on now. Come on. All right. Uh, Bengals and the Buffalo Bills. James Rapine, he is Mr. Everything when it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals. He covers it all in podcast form, SI.com. I mean, he's got it all going on. James, good morning. Are you, uh, you, you going permanently with the – you going to grow out the beard like Casey's got going there? What do you got? Hell no. No, this is laziness. That's all. It, it'll be gone before Sunday. Well, wait a minute now. For a guy like you, a real man, uh, the 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 – the laziness is that a one day lazy you get that much growth or is that like a three or four no. day deal you got working no it's it's just lazy slash busy whatever you want to describe okay. It, okay. the oxymoron right but okay. uh it just hasn't been on the priority list but the next time you see me i think i'll i'll be clean shaven i hope okay. all right all right okay all right <laughs> I, i'm sure your little baby hopes so too i can tell you that because they don't like that that, that, that <laughs> scruffy stuff when you're trying to give them a kiss and, and and hug them and let them sleep on your chest and go to bed at night all right um let's start with the game last week um you know look we've had an entire week you've gone back and watched the film you look at everything that they did was there anything at the end of the day besides the facts which everybody has acknowledged it was by far their most impressive game of the year I mean they just took it to the 49ers end of story but 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 after having a few days to sort of ingest it all digest it all what was your impression of that game that maybe somebody or or most of us aren't talking about well I, I think I've been higher on the offensive line than most throughout the season. And looking back and seeing what they did, and I know Burrow was sacked three times, but they were really darn good. And the holes that Joe Mixon had to run through, the time Joe Burrow had, I think that they have a real chance to be a top 12-ish unit for the rest of the season. And And we'll see. They have to play well on Sunday against the Bills, I think, for me to be really confident in that. But I I think the one link, the one guy that everyone was pointing towards after the first, I'd say, four games at least, was Cordell Volson. I think Cordell Volson's been pretty solid over the past couple of games. So he he's improving. Orlando Brown Jr. certainly has, has helped the blind side. And Jonah Williams, don't look now, but maybe he just is a right tackle because he's been great. And, and we know what Kappa and Karras bring in the interior. So the offensive line is, is where I'm really encouraged because if they can be a top 12-ish unit, like I said, this offense is going to reach or, or at least has the potential to reach a peak that we have not seen in the Joe Burrow era. Okay, well, with, with last week, you know, and I made the comment yesterday, James, that all of us envisioned this offense looking like it did last week for the entire year. The Burrow injury clearly had a major, major impact on that not happening. Um, 
But now it has to become the expectation, right? And I'm not saying you're going to score 31 every night against good teams, and I'm not saying they're going to score 31 against uh, the Buffalo Bills on Sunday night. But, but, but now they've got to start living up to the quote-unquote expectation and hype, and I'm sure it's their own expectation, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt. And I think 31 is a reasonable expectation, unless they're going up against a really dominant defense and the Bills aren't that – this offense should be in that 30 points per game range. They should be among the highest scoring teams in the NFL week in and week out. That was my expectation for them coming into the season. And that hasn't changed because we, we know they can do it. T. Higgins hasn't played his best ball yet. Tyler Boyd's shown flashes but hasn't uh, played his best ball yet. We know what Jamar Chase brings. I think Tanner Hudson will probably help in that tight end room production-wise. And then, like I said, this offensive line uh, I think has another gear too. So – Expecting 30-plus on Sunday night football, that might be high expectations for, for most teams are lofty, unrealistic expectations. I think that's realistic for this offense, and, and that's certainly where I'm at, is, is when the clock strikes zero and that final whistle sounds, I expect to see a three in front of the Bengals scoring, and not just three points like they have a couple times this year. No, 30-plus on Sunday. You know, I, I'm curious because you, you're able to talk to these guys off the record where the rest of us aren't, and, and, and you get some insight into things. And, look, there's no guarantee that things like this are going to continue, but this is more than just a trend when you look at the Bengals on defense. And that is, look, they'll give up their fair share of yards, you know, from that proverbial 20 to the 20, right? But something changes when the opponents get in the red zone. The Bengals have been – if not the very best, they've been among the top two or three very best in the NFL over the last three years. Has anybody shared with you what they think might happen with this group? Because by and large, outside of the safeties, it's been the same group for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. They they don't get uncomfortable in tight situations, which is, is much, I think, easier said than done. And you're right. Over the past couple of years, you could point to so many different plays they've made in the red zone, you know, obviously last year in the playoffs, Sam Hubbard, what he was able to do. And, and then this past week, Jermaine Pratt, the, the one-handed tip to himself, that completely changed the game because the Bengals had dominated that game and it was about to be tied. <laughs> and so that would have been a, a tough spot to be in on the road tied, even though you outplayed one of the better teams in the NFL. So you're able to hold serve there. You, you get the ball back and uh, obviously they went on to, to get the win. So I think that's it. I think that's the key. Obviously, they're talented. They're well-coached, all of those things. But they don't freak out when things are going bad or when they give up a big play or when a team is a few feet or just a few yards from scoring. And and we've seen that now over the past couple of weeks. Obviously, the win over Seattle and then Jermaine Pratt's play against the 49ers as well. Um, uh Golly, day, I just totally lost my train of thought. That happens when you get to be my age. But, but, I, but I'm curious, as you look at the game now, Buffalo, th- th- there is going to be, despite what Sean McDermott says, okay, and I appreciate what he said about, you know, when asked about DeMar Hamlin, is he going to play, is he not going to play, says it's a football decision. But look, uh, there is going to be, as much as one may try, there is going to be a lot of emotion from the guys that were on this field last year, the last time and not the last time you played them was in Buffalo, but the last time you played mm-hmm. them here was last year when we know what happened in the cardiac arrest. Do you think emotion 
um, is going to be as big a factor in this game as I do. And look, you can make the argument. You'd be spot on if you said, hey, emotion is, is all about, you know, who scores the last touchdown and momentum and all those kinds of things. Yeah. But, but I think there's going to be a little bit of weirdness to this game at first. Do you agree or disagree? I think there might be a weirdness on the broadcast, certainly, um, because they'll probably discuss. I know they're they're going to discuss it. That will be part of, of their coverage leading up to the game. Uh, I also think that fan-wise, that could have an impact. Players-wise, players are different. And I know this is a very unique circumstance where we haven't seen anything like it, but they see guys leave the field all the time and deal mm -hmm. with injuries. And I think now that they know that DeMar is okay and is, is cleared to play and is on the Bills roster, I, I think they can move past it. Will there be a moment emotionally at some point? Maybe, but I, I think it'll be early on. Maybe they'll shake, players will go up to DeMar at some point during warmups and get it out of the way. So I, I hope not. I, I hope they can dial in and not just Bengals, Bills too. You, you want to be able to be dialed in and uh, in, in focused on the game. And uh, obviously that was a much bigger moment than just football. And everyone's glad DeMar's okay. But I, I do think that the Bengals are, are trying to stay as focused on the football aspect as possible. All right. Well, going back to that game in Buffalo in the playoffs last year when the Bengals just looked fantastic. Uh, I mean, they look great. They just <laughs> hammered Buffalo in that game in every way imaginable. Backup offensive linemen and Joe Mixon's running all over the place. Um, yeah. But, but, but the comments yesterday made by Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase about, you know, defenders on the Bills team saying, well, if it's not snowing, you know, you, you guys wouldn't be beating us here. And they came right out. And I, I love Tyler Boyd. He says, here we are. And it ain't going to be snowing. <laughs> yeah, I think um, Tyler's what started that. And then, and then Jamar certainly was asked about it a, a few minutes later. I, I think one I'm, I wonder how many people in that locker room are actually thinking of it uh, in, in of those comments because Isaiah McKenzie was the, the main one who made those comments and he's in Indianapolis now. And I think Boyd responded on social media when those comments were made. I think that they were in May, I believe, from Isaiah McKenzie. But neither here nor there. I do think that this team does find little things like that and tries to use it. And, and we've seen it. Obviously, that was the refund game. And, and, and you better send those refunds, even though there are tickets sold all the time for future games. And it might not be the most logical uh, motivating factor, but could they use it a little bit? Sure, I, I think so. It, but what I've come to enjoy about this team is they will talk trash or they'll use things as motivation, but they know when the, the game starts until it ends None of that stuff really matters, and it doesn't really impact them. And I think other Bengals teams of the past would let the trash talk impact them one way, whether it's good or bad. And this team just doesn't really do that. All right, you got your book back there in a couple spots uh, back behind you, Enter the Jungle. How is that going, and where can people find it? Uh, it's going really well. I think Bengals fans have, have loved it. Those that have ordered it, you can get yours at CincinnatiBengalsBook.com or wherever books are sold. It's Joseph Beth, Amazon, wherever. If you're international, and I know you have a lot of international viewers. I do. I Amazon do, I is do. the easiest yep. place to go. Um, but but yeah, it's season by season breakdowns, key moments, highs, lows, everything in between. The holidays obviously coming up. Heck, it would make you, even make a great Thanksgiving present, Tom. So It really would. Uh, anyone out there that's looking for a Bengals book. 
Absolutely. It really, really would. Hey, Ed, do you have any <laughs> thoughts on this whole, cause you're a football guy. I mean, you love football and love football. You know, I, I, I we, we've had a number of guests on uh, this week and, and there've been a number of uh, articles written about this whole Michigan thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, but I want to ask you about something from a different angle on this Michigan thing. Um, if Michigan is hit with some kind of penalty, okay, hypothetically mm-hmm. speaking here, okay, we've discussed on the show over the last number of days since the story broke that at the end of the day, Jim Harbaugh, you know, unlike the players that are there or maybe some of the assistant coaches mm-hmm. that are there, he can just ride off into the sunset and go make seven, eight, ten, twelve million dollars a year coaching in the NFL. I've read some stories where uh, some, you know, uh, uh, on the condition of anonymity, some general managers and so forth have said, you know what, if this, if this goes down the way it's looking, it's going to go down, it will really tarnish his reputation in terms of becoming a pro coach. I don't believe that for a second. Do you? No. No, no, no. Uh, I think his attitude, it, whether it's good or bad, like the way he approaches things in, in the interview room, would hurt him more than than this would from an NFL standpoint. And I'm not saying it's a bad attitude. I, I just think clearly he has a style. And when you get in that interview room, he, some GMs may be a fan of it. Some owners may be a fan of it. Others may not. And I think that's probably why he's not in the NFL already. He's flirted with it over the past couple of years. I think it's inevitable that if sanctions come down uh, over the next days, weeks, months, whatever the case is for Michigan, then yeah, Harbaugh's going to look at the NFL and there will be some coaches or coaching staffs that get blown out. And who knows, the Raiders job is already open. So that would be the soap opera that everybody didn't know they needed. Boy, is that place a mess? Holy Moses. All right. That's a different uh, mess. For a di- oh man. I, I, you know, <laughs> well, you know, before I let you go, what do you think of the Steelers? Yeah. You know, we sit around here and like everybody else, you watch your game yeah. and man, I mean, they, Kenny Pickett's missing wide open receivers over the first two, three quarters, seemingly of every game. And I don't know what happens to the guy in the fourth quarter, but there's something to be said for stepping up when it matters the most. And Pickett is starting to develop that reputation. The Steelers are good. And people here might not want to admit it in Cincinnati. That's fine. They're a good football team. doesn't mean they have the best offense in the league in an offensive quarterback driven league. They don't have the best quarterback and, and they're not going to, they probably have the fourth best quarterback in the division when all, all the guys are in this division are healthy. And so it, it's easy to overlook them, but their defense, coaching, uh, really good field goal kicker as well, which matters when you're going to play these defensive-oriented games. They're going to win a lot of games, and, and we've seen it this far. I, I Coming into the season, thought the AFC North was by far the best division, thought all four teams had a chance to win the division. And... Um, I think that's playing out exactly how we thought. They're going to beat each other up in this division. And uh, the Steelers are going to be right there, whether you like it or not. And the Bengals have, have to play them twice in a month. And that's, uh, that's not going to be fun. They may win both, but that's not going to be fun to, to play the Steelers twice in four weeks. And look, while we're on the division, last thing I want to ask you is, because uh, you've got a lot of contacts up there in Cleveland, what are they saying about this Deshaun <laughs> Watson thing? I mean, you're already chuckling about it. I mean, you know, Reed here yeah. is killing Deshaun Watson because says he's been medically cleared, but he's not playing. But I continue to read uh, where uh, Kevin Stefanski comes out and says, look, 
He's got swelling in the shoulder. The shoulder hurts. I will never in a million years question a guy about his injury. If a guy's hurt, I can't say he's not hurt. But what are, what are your people telling you in Cleveland is going on up there? Uh, it's mixed messages for sure, and I think there's a lot of, of question marks around the situation, and, and so they're questioning it. I think most people agree with you. You don't question the injury aspect of this. But I, I think, to me, they as bad as he's been, he's by far their best option. And it's not like it, they started one and three. Like the Bengals, they kind of had to, to go all in with Burrow because if you kept losing, well, your season was going to be over anyways. And so if, if he can play, play. In Watson's case, one, he wasn't playing great anyways, and you can win in spite of – of a backup quarterback playing. So I think it's just a, a different situation. So I get resting him and I would, I'd probably give him another week if you can. Uh, that said, I, I do think he is hurt in, in trying to work through it. And could he play? I'm sure he could play. Would he be effective? I don't think he was that effective before he suffered the injury. So mm -hmm. you, you want to get him as close to 100% as possible. Right. All right, James, uh, enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the game on Sunday. And, uh, and thank you for your time today. Have a good weekend. Of course. Yeah, you too, right. Tom. Thanks. All right, thanks, James. James Rapine, SI.com. And he, if you want to know anything going on with the Bengals, uh, he, the guy is uh, dialed in. You, you have been killing Deshaun Watson. You've yeah, been killing you, the guy. Did you, did you see the most recent quote coming out of Deshaun Watson? Uh, no, I did not. Uh, I, I didn't further into whether it's a, it's a real quote or not, but he said it is the worst guilt of his life that he's not on the field. There's nothing else weighing on Deshaun Watson, Deshaun Watson's conscience than this current injury. Well, what's wrong with that? <laughs> There's got to be something else there, Tom. Time out. Time out. Now, look, as a guy who has been through some, some shit, okay, I can promise. Deshaun Watson has two choices at this point in time in his life. And this would apply to anybody who's been through anything that they wish didn't happen or they wish they didn't do. And all of us to lesser or greater extents have those moments, multiple moments in our lives. And I am not in any form or fashion sitting here condoning the past actions of one Deshaun Watson. I'm not. I'm only saying that there has to come a point in time where he says to himself, okay, I know I've been forgiven. Uh, I'm having a hard time forgiving myself. But once he reaches that point, it's like, okay, I, I have to try to find a way. Let other people in the world get their jollies off beating down everything that happened to me before today. If that's what they want to do, have at it. All right? I have no doubt at the end of the day if he could change everything he's done, he would do it. This has never been a guy that has sure. been in trouble. Sure. He hasn't been evil. And I'm not saying what he did. Please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying that. What he did was wrong, unquestionably. But there comes a point in time where as a human being, he has to say, okay, I can walk around with this other stuff every second of my life and feel guilty and tear about, uh, about it. And I'm sure in his darkest moments, he still does. I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt on that. But... Then there comes a time where you have to say, okay, today I got to move on and I got to focus on right now what's in front of me. And right now that's being healthy enough to play quarterback for a team that is paying me a gazillion dollars a year. I have no doubt 
that he feels tremendous guilt about not being able to get on the field for this team that is paying him so handsomely. Yeah, no doubt. Honestly, Tom, it's it's just a weird situation that's going up there in Cleveland. Like, I don't know how closely you're following like their press conferences, but it seems like we get this cycle, right? It's just every single week we keep doing this thing where Deshaun Watson comes on out, he practices on Wednesday or Tuesday or Thursday, and then they have the meetings with the with Deshaun Watson. Hey, I'm feeling good. I'm 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 hoping I can play this Sunday. Yada yada yada. Kevin Stefanski talks, and he's just like, I'm clueless on what the whole thing is. Um, medical staff saying that he's cleared to go, yep. but Deshaun saying that there's discomfort and he can't play. And then to get to Sunday, and PJ Walker plays. And yep. We do it the next week, right? Deshaun practices. Stefanski says, what's going on? I don't know what the hell's going on. And now we got the owners coming to practices. I don't know what the heck's going on up there. I just know that Deshaun Watson is medically has been medically cleared to play a few times, and he hasn't played because he says that there's discomfort in, in, in the and he can't. So it's just a weird mixed mix signals message coming up there from Cleveland. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I agree. I think it's – I, if you're gonna have both sides, but if you're gonna have the doctors say he's okay, if you're gonna have him saying he's not okay, it just—I don't know why everybody. I, there shouldn't be this miscommunication. They should be pretty much in unison with this. Despite if if, if the doctors are against him playing, that's one thing. But it, it appears to me that they—he is physically able to perform. I don't know how the communication in Cleveland is so bad where. There's so many missed men. You're right. Missed men. That's, that's the issue. Right, yeah. The like, issue isn't that he's room, unable to play. Yeah. Get, get in a room yeah. and get your alibi straight, right? Like, like right. what are we going to say that's going to happen? What, yeah. What's our message coming out of it? Don't just be sending mixed signals. So, And, and you've said all along, Casey, from the very start, doesn't matter who it is, doesn't matter who plays for him. They're going to stink. It starts from the top <laughs> down. And let me tell you, Tom, my quarterback went out there with one leg. He's a peg leg walking around in the back. Peg legging. That's right. Peg legging. Peg legging. And he's still won ball games. That's right. Deshaun Watson, get your ass out there. James James is right wow. when he says that despite PJ Walker winning games, despite Deshaun Watson looking bad when he is playing, Deshaun is still pretty clearly their best option. No he's doubt. He's a former all pro quarterback. He's a former Pro Bowl. And yeah, he hasn't looked good, but even at his worst, he's looked about what P.J. Walker's looking right now. They're just such a solid team around P.J. Walker that they can still win. They've got a great defense. They don't got to score a whole lot. they got a good run game, yep. so you can just hand it off. Yep. They can still win games with P.J. Walker. So, and, and, and I think James brings up another good point. They don't have to rush back Deshaun Watson if he is fully hurt. And, and they clearly aren't because that's why they keep playing P.J. Walker. It's not like we're the Bengals who buried themselves in an 0-2 hole, a 1-3 hole. They're just like, listen – Joe, we got to win some ball games. You're our best option, banged up or healthy. So we're going to keep rolling you out there. So they're in a much different situation than the Bengals were to begin the year. We'll see what happens. I mean, they're going to be a tough team come come they are. 18 when the Bengals have to play. They are. P.J. Walker's been horrible. I mean, I, 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 don't know if, I don't know if you've seen what he's done. I know they've won some games. P.J. Walker has thrown over 50% completion one time. He's been 48-46 the other time. He's thrown five interceptions. He's had one touchdown. He's been horrible. So – Absolutely horrendous. But if I'm not mistaken, they're two and one in those games. That's fine. That's fine and dandy, and I guess that's fair. But it's Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver won a lot of games for the Cincinnati. Pull Reds. up the video. No, don't pull up that video. <laughs> that'll Luke be, Weaver, that'll Luke be our. Weaver, that will Luke be we once again for the second time this week. That will be our, uh, or maybe it was last week. 
that will be our cherry on top again today. Uh, before Tom, we get to matchups, yes, we've got a, we've got two super chats that we got to get through. Okay, um, and I want to know what, what 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 is Trace jumping in here for? He's supposed to be sitting over there. What's he jumping in about? I don't know. Trace is doing some some Bearcat Bash stuff down there on Short Vine. I don't I don't know. I don't know, but we have two super chats. <laughs> Chi Town Real Estate put in a five dollars super chat. He said, "Good morning, comrades. Are we streaking that's the you. revolution? That's you. Or that's just you. That's you. Hammer and sickle to the digital uprising. That's right, Tom. All your friends, Vladimir Ilyich, all your liberal all elite stuff. Uh, <laughs> Justin Edgel said, "When is Chatterbox merch going to drop?" We are actually going to have some meetings here very soon about when we can get some Bearcats, when we can get some Muskie, and when we can get some, more importantly, Bengals stuff on the merch shop. So I need somebody from the Chatterbox team to make me a Chatterbox hoodie. I need it. I need it like I need water to breathe. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean. Pawnee water. Pawnee water. water. The good, good, live, thing, the good thing for Elliot is that we work in a, in, a, in a t-shirt production shop. In a jersey I try to be helpful. Clothing Tom. production shop. Stumble so. over my words. Uh, you know, Justin, and look, we have the uh, chat rankings today. By the way, who's responsible for the chat rankings I'm today? doing the chat power rankings today. Well, I got to tell you what, Justin has stepped up yes, this week. Has. Yes, he has. I mean, I, I have nothing to do with it, but I got to tell you, Justin has brought the goods on multiple conversations, including he and I getting into it a little bit. Yeah, I but love Justin. I, my, a a, oh, I have stayed homer. That's okay. See, what I love about Justin is he stays with it. Austin earlier, now maybe he had to go to work or he had to go to his class or whatever it might be. I have no idea. But when I just tried to bring up something that he wrote, I've not heard from Austin since. Mm. You scared he them all. Listen, out. That's not a nut cutter. We don't like, you know, it might be a burner account from one of you guys. It's not, it's, it's Tom, none of us have burner accounts. Let, let, let's put that. Uh, that, is, that is a there are a lot of people in the chat that are not believing that. I have I no have idea burner, one yeah. way or the other, but there are a lot of people that don't believe that. Not a burner account. Especially when it comes to Molly and Sharon Peters. and. I think you have a burner account, Tom. No, I do yeah, not. I, think, I can't I, Tom, I think do anything. You have a burner. When I think you talk and he starts pecking away. He starts yeah. pecking away. Yeah. Not true. I've only, I've only written one thing in the <laughs> chat today, and that was Nutcutter Nation. Unite! <laughs> All right. We're going to go through some matchups for this game. Yeah. Right? That's Each right. Each of us looked at an area where uh, we're talking about the Bills and the Bengals, um, a, a, an area that, that we want to keep an eye on. Casey, since you are the driver, you are the skipper, you are the man of the high seas on this vessel that we're sailing to nowhere. Um, <laughs> nowhere? To nowhere, really, at the end of the day. To <laughs> nowhere. Uh, what, where would you like to start? Who would you like to start with? Um... Reed, do you want to go first? I feel like I always lead off. Sure, I'll lead off. So we're talking, what are the keys to the game? This is one of the biggest uh, Sunday night football games, one of the biggest Bengals games that they've played in the past few years, at least regular season-wise. Um, so what my key to the game was is you can't let James cook. And what I mean by that is Ooh. Josh Allen is a little banged up. That was brilliant. Josh Allen's a little banged up. This has been the, the bugaboo of the Bills' offensive game for years now is they don't have a consistent run game. But with Josh Allen being a little banged up, are they going to hand the ball off to James Cook? We've seen the defense of uh, rushing woes from the Bengals this year. You can't let the Bills kill you on the ground. That's not their M.O., but they might try to do that knowing that the Bengals have struggled a little bit this year, knowing that their starting quarterback is going to be a little banged up. You just can't let the ground game kill the Bengals on Sunday night football. 
We got to have as many possessions. Don't let the Bills shorten the game. If we get a lot of possessions on the offensive side of the ball, you keep nine upright, you're going to win the game. Don't let the Bills shorten the game. Don't let them gash us on the ground. So that was my key to the game. Don't let James Cook. You know, it's interesting because early in the year, you're right. I mean, they were exploited by the Browns and by mm -hmm. the Ravens and mm -hmm. by a couple other teams on the ground. I still can't figure out, and I've said this till ad nauseum about the Rams. I, you know, all the, 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 peop the things people say about Sean McVay to come in here after only two weeks with one of the top three or four rushing attacks in the league. The Bengals couldn't stop the Browns, couldn't stop the Steelers. And then you come in and you throw the ball 50 times against the Bengals. I don't get it. That was a tight game. They should have stayed on the run. Bengals did a better job last week against the Niners. No doubt. No doubt about it. I mean, McCaffrey really was a non-factor in that game. Listen, we've got the guys to to stop the run game. I mean, we've, we've got DJ Reader. we got B.J. Hill. We've got Sam Hubbard, who's a good run stopper on the edge. And then the linebacking crew, Logan Wilson and Jermaine Pratt, I, I tooted their horn this week and said that they're maybe the most – no, they are the most underrated linebacking duo in the league. They are. They are. So they've got the guys. I don't know what the problem was to begin the year. But I think we all could agree that we don't see it continuing throughout this season. I mean, Lou Anarumo makes great adjustments. Yep. I just don't want to see the Bills getting 140 yards on the ground this game, and that's the reason we lose. So I can't – if Josh Allen beats us, so be it. He's one of the great quarterbacks in the game. He's, he looks like a superhero at times out there on the field. If he beats you, so be it. Don't let James Cook and their mediocre run game beat you. Okay. Who's next, Casey? Um – I'll go next okay. if, if no one uh, do. wants to go. My, my uh, key to this game is CTB. Can he lock up Diggs again? Last year in the playoffs, Cam Taylor Britt was targeted three times when uh, Stephon Diggs was running routes. He only gave up two receptions for 11 yards. That's impressive, yep. considering that Stephon Diggs, arguably a top five receiver in the NFL, and overall that game – he was targeted eight times for four receptions and 35 yards. We pretty much locked him down. Can we do that again? Can we limit Stephon Diggs' big playmaking ability? That's my key to this game. I like that. Yeah. The thing, it's, I always argue that quarterbacks make players around them, not the other way around. But on Josh Allen's case, he was. You know, a meandering quarterback before he got Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs comes to Buffalo, and he looks like one of the great greats in the game. And he's a great player, Stephon Diggs, no doubt about it. Man, if we can lock up Stephon Diggs, I talked about the our linebacking duo being one of the best in the league. I think Cam Tiller-Britt in five years is going to be the one player we look at and say, this guy, I can't believe we had this guy. I can't believe we drafted this guy in the second round. This could be another uh, notch in the Cam Taylor Britt, you know, uh, breaking out. Okay, all right. Uh, and, 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 you know, you talk about the linebackers though, and maybe I don't want to step on anybody's uh, matchups here. Uh, I hope I'm not. Are you talking at all about the Bengals linebackers and nope. the tight ends? No. Nope. Hey, look, Bengals been hurt by tight ends in the yeah. past. I mean, you say all you want about the linebackers, and there's no doubt. You're right. They have played very, very well. Pratt, great play last week. Wilson leads the, inter, uh, the league in interceptions among linebackers since coming into the league. He seems to make plays uh, game in and game out. But this team will throw the ball to the tight end. And so, you, you know, you better be on it. You better – and I'm sure they will. Anna Rumo's always on it. All right, that, Elliot, what's yours? And that's a good point, by the way. I'm looking up at the box score for the Bengals-Bills in the playoff game. The leading receiver of that game for the Bills was Dawson Knox. So, obviously, Dawson Knox is injured, but can, can get – what's his name? Can Clay? Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid. Kincaid. Casey Cade? 
Casey, yep. we put our we put a safety on a on a tight end more often than not. That was like Trey Flowers' yep. uh, role That's right. last year, That's and right. I think Dax Hill has taken over that role, perhaps. Yeah, I would I would have to agree with that. Um, I'm just looking at PFF's breakdown of each each target. It looks like Dax Hill, Von Bell were the main guys covering him. Jermaine Pratt followed that up. Um, Jermaine Pratt was the one that was pretty much picked on all game, is what it looks like. Yeah. So. If Jermaine Pratt can have a better game, which I mean, it, we just can't it's be not that hard to have a better game than what he had. Um, so I, I think that that is the the key. Can't can let you, the bills. Yeah, can't let the underneath stuff burn you too bad. Well, something to think about offered up by Blackmore is can Buffalo hold Drew Sample under 150 yards and two touchdowns? That's but true. I digress. All right, that's true. Elliot, That's a good point. Your matchup. That's a good point. Uh, listen, the one thing the Bengals need to do is score points. If Jamar Chase is able to put up a performance like he's been doing all year long, the Bengals are going to win this game. Offensively, they haven't been good. Other, other, I think the Cardinals, I would say they were okay. They had a defensive touchdown, and obviously last week they were phenomenal. Need the offense to step up. I know the defense has been great. They've been carrying the way here. Offense needs to step up again. Tom said it earlier in the week. This is, has to be the expectation now. You have to score points consistently. This has to be our offense. Reed said it earlier in the year. The team is built around the Bengals' offense. If you're not going to compete like that, the team's not going to really work. Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, they need to hook up. They need to connect. They need to do it early and often against the Bills. That's how we win this game. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, for me, look um – Josh Allen, as talented as he is, and there's no doubt, Reed said it, everybody knows it. This guy's big, he's strong, he's fast, he's got a big arm, he can make incredible plays. He can be as exciting when he's on his game and as good as when he's on his game as anybody there is in a league. Mahomes, Burrow, any of them. No doubt about it. He is one talented cat. But he has built a reputation of getting very sloppy with the ball. Fumbles, interceptions at inopportune times. And the best way to force Allen into making mistakes is getting to the quarterback. The matchup, I've been putting pressure on him. The matchup, I'm very interested to watch. We don't know the severity of Trey Hendrickson's injury. We know that he is having a phenomenal year. One of the top two or three pass rushers statistically in the league this year. But he was hurt last week. Give him credit. Mm -hmm. he, he got all taped up. He came back on the field. And he played the rest of the game. Now, Deion Dawkins is a starting left tackle for the Buffalo Bills. He was drafted out of Temple. Some may remember he had originally committed to play college football at UC. Decided to go to Temple. He was a second-round draft choice as a guard. They moved him to tackle, and he's been in back-to-back -back Pro Bowls, this guy. He has only allowed one sack this entire year. And look, the Bills sling it around a lot. They don't run it much. You brought that up. I mean, they love throwing the football. And for him to only give up one sack against some of the teams that they've played already this year, pretty impressive. So, um, Hendrickson, you got to hope he is 100% uh, uh, ready to go or close to it because, look, while Hubbard has had his moments, your guy Osai has had his moments, some other guys have had their moments, Sample, right? right. Cam Sample and some others. Hendrickson's a guy. I mean, he's a guy. And so they need him to step up and force Allen into making some mistakes because Deion Dawkins is really good. I don't want to speculate here, Tom, but because of Trey Hendrickson's uh, injury that he suffered last week and he was limited in practice, did not practice on Wednesday, he's going to play. Um, do you think that 
it's a possibility that we see more snaps for the first round pick Miles Murphy this this week? No. No. None at all. No Too chance. Too big of a game. Zero. Trey Hendrickson Absolutely. But you might be right. I don't know. No chance. Has he done anything that you've seen that would warrant the coaching staff to sit back and say, hey, you know what? Now, if it's because of injury, yeah, you might what be I'm on saying. Right. I, I say it's because it's because Trey's a little banged up. He probably can't play the, the majority of the snaps that he played uh, in weeks prior. But Miles Murphy, I don't know. At some point, you got to give him some run. Maybe not in Sunday night football in front of a, the nation's audience against one of the best teams in but, the but, AFC. But maybe but that could be his breakout game. Could be. Could be. You never know. Right, no doubt about it. You never know. Could be his breakout game. You think Miles Murphy seeing the field much this week there, Case? I don't know if he's going to see a lot of the field. I, I sure hope so. Um, I sure hope that he starts to develop a little bit more, gets more involved all across the defensive line. But one thing that we didn't touch on is Buffalo can get after the pass. Yes, they can. Or, yeah. uh, they can get after Second the, most sacks in the league, I think, after Kansas City. Am I right on that? Baltimore's number one, 31. Buffalo is tied with Kansas with 28. All right, pardon me. Oh, so they're second in the league. Okay. But they, they also are leading um, one of the leaders in pressure. Yep. They love to get after the quarterback. They have a litany of pass rushers. Leonard Floyd, Ed Oliver, A.J. Epinesa, Greg Rousseau, Terrell Bernard, Daquan Jones. All these guys have Did you mention that Von Miller is now back? And Von Miller is also He's back. back. He's back. He's not gotten a sack yet, but he's back now. Yep. Now, he hasn't played great no, the last he couple games, but it's only a matter of time. Maybe maybe he hasn't lost a step. Maybe he just needs a couple games to get back right. You never know. That's something to look out for. But, yeah, this defensive line, we were worried about it last season. Didn't affect the game as much. Maybe we see something different this season. I don't know. I don't know. But that is something to look out for okay. here. All right. Well, it's gonna. I, I think everybody agrees. Uh, you know, and look, we're gonna go through picks later on. But just, and it, it, I mean, what does your gut tell you? This is tight, or does this gut tell you the Bengals take it to them, or the Bills take it to them? You know, Tom. I. You look at the two instances. We only had a quarter and a half for one game. Yeah. And then the playoff game. Yeah. In the snow. In the snow. I just think up front or just in general, that we have better talent across the board. I think that they're right there, but I think when you go toe-to-toe, like, we got a better receiving core, got a better quarterback, got a better offensive line, got probably a better defensive line, got better linebackers. You can argue the corners and the safeties, but some you of those guys are bang- pass rush. I mean, maybe, it, it depends. Maybe it depends on what you value more. I think we definitely do a way better job at defending the run than they do. Overall, we're way more balanced on the defensive front. We can do a lot more things okay. than they can. That's what I was getting at. But okay. I, toe-to-toe, I think the Bengals are better. So I don't, I don't think that this is going to be a three-point game. I think it's actually going to be something more like a five-point, six-point game. Okay. Both about- times both times the Bengals have played the Bills the past uh, several instances, both last year, uh, they came out hot. Yeah. So I expect the same thing. You're, you're spot on on that. I mean, the game at night that was here, the first, they, they score a touchdown. Buffalo goes down the field. They stop them in the red zone. They kick a field goal. Bengals go right back down the field again, score another touchdown, and then the game stopped. Last year in the playoffs, what, first two or three drives, bang, bang, bang. Touchdowns for the Bengals never look back. Ran the ball very well, too. In that, in yes, that they did. Ran the ball very, very well. It, 
we, we, get, we, we had all these keys to the game and everything like that, but when Joe Burrow's healthy, Tom, and you keep him upright, yep. it's hard to stop this Bengals no team. And, that, and that's a homer thing to say, but... I Not mean, a homer it, thing to say. It's just true. Like, if Joe Burrow has time to, to move and he's healthy and all these things, and we've got three wide receivers that are... Um, very good to an elite level receivers. It's hard to stop this Bengals defense or offense. It's just as simple as that. So you keep nine upright. It's tough to beat the Bengals. Yeah. I mean, even even the amount of pressure that we saw the Bengals give up last week. I mean, it was it wasn't like they were perfect. They gave up three sacks last week. They let Joe Burrow run for his life a few times, and Joe Burrow still diced them up. Right. So. Sometimes when you got a guy like Joe Burrow, you can neutralize a lot of what the Bills like to do. And I think I, I just think that's a good matchup for the Bengals. Can somebody please explain to me what is wrong with Trace Fowler today? <laughs> what do you say? He's, he's, he's your boss just as much as I brought up a second ago that Deion Dawkins, the starting left tackle for the Buffalo Bills, had originally coming out of high school. He had originally committed to the University of Cincinnati. I think this would have been 17, so he would have been, yeah, this would have been, I'm guessing during the uh, Butch Jones era. Okay. Probably, it, it, if I got my timing right. Could be the tail end of the fight in Brian Kelly's. But um, Trace just said, and then I told you he ended up not coming to Cincinnati and going to Temple. Trace jumps in and says, Nothing says big-time program like losing a guy to Temple. Oh, wow. What a shot. I mean, that is a shot across the bow. Where here we, Chatterbox Sports, are the home of the Bearcat Bash on Short Vine tomorrow. Correct. Right? Correct. Right. Where there are going to be literally tens of thousands. It's going to be a beautiful day. A millions. Well, I don't know about millions, but, but <laughs> we know tens of thousands will be down there. Right? There'll be a lot of people. 3.30 kicks, so lots of tailgating going on. Mm -hmm. no right? About it. No Knocking about down it. some beers. You can buy those from us at Chatterbox, I think, right? Correct. I mean, we're trying to sell beer. Yeah. Right? That's right. And Trace is, is eh, you know. Just stray bullets. What was the term it. yesterday that I said I wasn't aware of? And I said it was introduced by, by something about basically bashing the product or whatever. What, what was that yesterday? Some kind of thing that shade? somebody... Throwing shade? No, no. It was something different. I can't remember what it was. But anyway, uh, I don't know what's gotten into Trace today. I, 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 don't, I don't get it. I don't get sad it. Sad to see. You know, it is. It is. It's, it's sad to see good men taking, taken down by circumstances in life. <laughs> Whatever they may be. Casey, you're never dragged down. Never time. Certain, never. You always have your head above water. That's right. Right. I never get too high, never get too low. Hey, by the way, didn't your wife play soccer for Northern Kentucky? For the mouth. I mean, for the mouth. I bring this up because did, did, didn't, did NKU has advanced on now, the women's soccer team, to the Horizon League Championship. And I know that Xavier's women's soccer team has advanced to the Big East Conference Championship. I, I caught that news yesterday. We're all over everything here. Now, just a just a, a little to add on to that. Yes. Truly, and I mean this sincerely, 
women's college soccer is actually one of the most entertaining forms of soccer to watch. There, there is no doubt about it. If anybody had their choice, and not just because they win, but if you had your choice to watch, by and large, the U.S. women's national soccer team compared to the men, right? Or right. More, more accurately for me, is when you watch the NCAA Division I tournament of women's soccer, where you've got the powers like North Carolina and Notre Dame. and I mean, they are incredible games to watch. I am with you 100% on that. It's more, it's more team involved. There's more team play to it yeah. than normal. That's right. That's right. Well, we're all about the team here, the Chatterbox team here. And a big part of our team, oh, my Lord, I haven't seen one of those in I don't know how long. That's how we're doing the weather today, Tom. Elliot, take it away. This is big league. What do you yeah. call those things again? Well, this is a magic eight ball, Tom. That's right. This is a magic eight ball. And I know other meteorologists, they use some kind of big uh, mathematical weather thing. It's, I think they call it Doppler or some nonsense. We're not doing that today. We're doing the magic eight ball, and we'll, and we'll see what the weather is. So, Mr. Magic Eight Ball, is it going to snow today? No. It's not snowing today. And he's right, because it's not snowing. I walked in to the office. I walked into my car this morning. It was cold, but not snowing. Not snowing. Not going to rain. It's going to get to a high of 60 today, low of 30, and uh, that we've already had that, or it's at night. So it doesn't even matter. But that's it. That's all it is. Weather stinks. Listen, I, I can't really change the weather anymore. Uh, everybody's going to get mad at me because the weather's the same thing. That's the shtick. That's the whole point of this. So the weather's the weather. You go outside, it's really cold. You're going to freeze your ass off. I can't change that. You can't change it. So let's not talk about it much. Yeah? That's what we're going to do here. Ronald Reagan, what are you feeling? <laughs> It's such a stupid thing. It's such a stupid thing. I, and listen, I'm the king of stupid, so I, I, I'm not going to do that. But I will say I'm really excited to throw it to the ad reads today. I'm really excited about it. We're going to have a brand new – I know everybody was saying the ad reads were getting tired. The So we're going to do a whole new thing, a brand new ad read today. I'm very, very excited about it. You've never seen an ad read like this before in the history of Chatterbox. So that's what we're getting ready to do right now. Casey will tell me when he's ready. But until then, until then, again, go outside. Don't stay out for too long because you're going to get cold, get frost, frostbite. By the way, I drove, into car, I drove into Hamilton this morning. No heat in the car. I told you guys this last week, I think. Still no heat in the car. Going to have to get that fixed. I was trying to fight. I was scraping up the, uh, the, the frost on the windshield while also trying to drive my car. It was a difficult situation. It was a tough one, some would say. But now, let's go to the Ham and Acres. Ham and Eggers, over to you! Introduce all the best segments. All right, well, we talked about... Uh, let's see here. Um, let's go with the Bengals report. I'm sure at some point here, Bengals probably get brought up, whether it's here in, in the chat. Bengals report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions with a for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing models to improve efficiency and productivity. That's right, Casey. Visit Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. There is also a new premium alkaline water out. It's Pawnee. And it tastes fantastic. It's right here. You can see it. Blue bottle. And we have a lot of new people in the chat, a lot of people that have joined the show here in the last couple of weeks. So if you don't know about Pani, it's new. It is a water that uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that a lot of the other bigger brands use. Uh, but Pani water right now, as they build and as they grow, 
You can see their ingredients list. It's just water. There's no artificial processing, nothing else. We're here to boost them up. And if you're down the road at the River's Edge Concert Series this summer, it's their official water. You can get it if you're around here in Hamilton, gas stations around the tri-state area, wherever you might be. You can visit their website at pawneywater.com. That is P-A-H-H-N-I water.com. P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy it. Drink Pawnee Water, get your coffee from UDF, bet with Betfred, and get your technology solutions from Encore.tech. Wow. What a throwback. Twitter Paul brought back. What a throwback. What a throwback. Do you think he did a it's better job? It's almost like the resurrection. What's that? Do you think do you think he does a better job than me, Tom? No. No? Not a Not chance. a chance. Not a chance. What do you think Paul's favorite thing about Pawnee was? <laughs> he never got Did to he got us. to bring a bottle to Sean Miller? <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> do you think Sean Miller likes that water? There's no doubt. Well, it's the best tasting water in the world. It's the best tasting. He would be silly if he didn't. If he didn't like that water, then he has terrible taste. Buds. I know that Darren Horn and Wes Miller's favorite water is Pawnee water. That's right. right. That I know because they are friends of the program. You think we would have any chance to get Cal on this show? I don't know Cal. Coach Cal, better You think better we'd have any chance at all of getting Coach Cal on the show? Yay or nay? Because I'm going to give it a shot. I... Talk if you were a betting man, just you're not hurting my feelings because I'm going into it saying it's a long shot. Would you say the odds, if you had to do it from zero to 100%, he's coming on 0%, zero chance. What would you say the odds are of uh, getting John Calipari to join us on Off the Bench presented by United Dairy Farmers? I don't think they're a long shot. I'll, get, I'll give you a three to one. Three to one. I'll give like, you a seven like, to one. I'd say you got like a seven four. to one. Holy seven to Moses. One. You got, you got a lot of faith there. Casey, where would you put that? Oh man. I would put it at a four. Four or five. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. That's my idea. Okay. Okay. All right. What is funny over there? I missed something. Trace, Trace laughed at the Paul bit. <laughs> Um, the, the, the Paul reading the ads, and he said, whoever did that, <laughs> that was very good. Someone take credit. And Elliot said, that was me, Trace. That was my idea. <laughs> what are you like, talking about? That was my idea. No, that was my idea. No, see, no, no. See, see you see what they're doing. They want to take credit over there. This was all my idea. I to, came read, up with to this be, idea. So let's get specific here, Tom. Reed's idea was to change up the ad rates. Then I said, I literally said, what if you had Paul read the ads? No, then, you didn't say you those said, words. And then you said, that would be funny. We should do that. We should. I was literally the words out of my mouth. No, you didn't say that. But then I went and clipped it and I gave you it to Casey. It. You did the work, but I, I get, well, idea. that's, well, th well, no, that doesn't count. The guys who created McDonald's, nobody remembers them. They remember the, the other guy. names the, on the freaking. No, the no, 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 no. They remember Michael Keaton's character and the founder. You that's who they remember. You don't even know his name. You don't, damn right I don't. I, you don't know Ray I, Kroc's name. I mean, Ray Kroc. So I'm Ray Kroc. And you're the two hands. Like they, boys they're, they're who trying to get the thing. dad's approval. Yeah, I mean, you guys are like both of you looking for your dad's approval on this deal. You're exactly right. And that <laughs> was right. your idea. That, that, that line, was I, I don't want to make it, it sound like it was mine. That was your line. <laughs> it was my idea. I literally sat by Paul for a whole year. You did. I've had that, that stored back been... here for a long time. For a long time. We might have to have Big League Paul as kind of like our ex-correspondent. Would those yeah. of you in the chat be in favor of that? 
if he would be willing to do that, he's got the new gig down at Xavier, so I don't know what he's allowed to do or not to do, and I'm not going to beat him down if he's not allowed to do it. But should we have, or should we consider asking Big League Paul, Quitter Paul, Quitter Paul. Should we consider asking him to become, and Casey, I'm going to start with you because you sat next to him. Mm-hmm. Should we consider asking him to be our Xavier correspondent, yay or nay? Uh, yeah, I think we should have Quitter Paul. As long as the lower thirds all say Quitter yes. Paul Frischner on that. Yes. That is the one stipulation that we would need to do. That he would, It would have to be him being a Quitter on the show. Blackmore says, DFA Elliott, bring back Paul. That's Ooh, fair. I don't like that idea. Nope, I don't like it. Well, should we ask him to be our guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd love Paul. Let's get, let's bring back Paul. Eh, we'll we'll we'll, we'll get like Kirby. He's a big Xavier fan, or we'll we'll get Rick Boring. Oh, I forgot eh, Kirby eh, was a Xavier guy. Eh. Yeah, never mind. Actually, never mind. Reed's right. I'm kidding. Of course, we would love Paul back. You know who I would like to find out if we could get as, as our Xavier correspondent. And again, I'm just my mind is working through these things. First, it was Cal. And now it's drifted into another area. What is Adam Kunkel doing right now? Adam Kunkel did not make the Warriors team, so I'm sure he's playing somewhere overseas. Okay. I'll look it up. I'll, I'll look it up. What Maybe bartending. Do? Yeah, he could, he could be bartending at a... Why would you, of all people, take that? Well, that's right. You're a private school elitist. I get it. No, I no, it. I'm Never not. Never mind, Casey. Never he plays mind. in the VTB League. What is VTB? Is that Well, a... we're going to do this live. VTB, VTB League. It Better be careful on this. VTB League, United League, is an international professional club in uh, Kazakhstan. He's playing in Kazakhstan. Wow. Yeah. I hear it's great this time of year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you would know. You are the weather boy. I am the weather boy. <sighs> I had to walk out. What did the uh, Magic 8 ball say? No snow today. No snow. I asked it if it was going to wow. snow. No snow. Okay. It's, it said it was uh, unlikely. Okay. Well, that's not a definite no. It's unlikely. Well, that's weather in general. That's the whole bit, is that you really don't know what the weather's going to be until it happens to you. I want to get to the Steelers, back to the Steelers for a minute real quick, because of that game last night. We talked about Will Levis a little bit. I think all of us agree that this young man has a chance to be a pretty good-looking quarterback. Um, You know, and, and they're having major issues on their offensive line. Guys dropping like flies. There were guys hurt going into the game. More guys getting hurt during the game. So, you know, he hung in there. But, Casey, again, I'll start with you because, I mean, I I don't understand why you continue to beat down the Steelers. Last night we're in our group chat. They find a way. They they are the quintessential definition this year of keep it tight, keep it close till the fourth quarter, and then we'll win the game. That's what they are becoming. That's a terrible way to play football. It's just boring. It's a five and three way to play football. You know what it is? You know what it is? It's, I mean, five and three. I, uh, I think it's just very archaic. Like, we're, we're still stuck in the 90s with them. We're, we're in 2020. Every single second down, you know what's going to happen. Najee Harris is getting the ball, and he's going to get stuffed. Jalen Warren is going to get the ball. He's going to get stuffed. Now, they played the Titans, Tom. They played the Tennessee Titans, who are who demolished one, the Bengals. I mean, did, most, didn't beat them. They demolished one of the most irrelevant teams in the NFL at this current moment. They are practically in the middle of a rebuild. They just don't know it yet. They just don't know it yet. And they, they know it. And you're telling me they could only score 20 points on them? We scored seven. I mean, I don't know. I, I 
Their offense is one of the worst I've ever seen. They uh, Kenny Pickett overthrows wide open receivers every single game. He yes, had 160 he yards on offense. Yes, Tom. he did. But good enough to win when it mattered. Nut cutting time. Four minutes to go. 11 plays, 92 yards. Touchdown, Deontay Johnson. Three yards out. You can't see this. Speaking you, of, you, you can't say honestly. You can see the Steelers winning a Super Bowl this year. That's, there's, there's that's no, true. There's nobody in the world that can sit sit here and think, yeah, Kenny Pickett's the guy, and he's going to lead the Steelers to a Super Bowl. It's just never going to happen. But I don't think that's well. Like that's that's where we we disconnect there. That's true. Like no one is saying that the Steelers are going to hold the Lombardi Trophy at the end of the year. But you're telling me that that's a team that you want to play in the wild card round of the, of the playoffs? That's a tough team. That's a tough team. They they play really I, good defense. They, they seem to always come back in the fourth quarter. And listen, I know, I, I know I've been labeled as the Kenny Pickett guy because I've wanted that label because for three quarters, he looks terrible. Then for some reason, whatever it is, yep. in the fourth quarter, he goes down and wins another game. Another game-winning drive. That's seven game-winning drives and 19 starts. I don't know what that means other than that Kenny Pickett wins games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I've labeled them for the entire year that they are a 9-8 and eight team. I think they might even be better than that. They, they, this team, I don't think they can win the division, but they certainly are, are a bona fide playoff team, and they're a team that you don't want to play in the wild. No game. doubt about it. I'd want to play them. I'd want to play the Steelers team. Our buddy Sir Boy Wonder says a hard-hitting question. Tom, a year ago you sat there and told us Ryan Tannehill is good. Do you still think that? I do think Ryan Tannehill is good. I don't think he's great. I never said he was a top-tier guy. He's led his team to the playoffs a number of times in his career, and the guy is good. Guys are allowed to be just good. Not everybody can be Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes and Jalen Hurts. But Ryan Tannehill is not some disaster. And look around the NFL, and there are plenty of disasters out there at quarterback. That's true. I mean, for anybody to say Ryan Tannehill, who's significantly number of games over 500 in his career as a starting quarterback. Now, is that all because of him? No. And I wasn't saying that. But, sir, boy, come on. Tannehill's had a good career. He's had a good – Casey, you were the guy who used to beat down Tannehill. Yeah, I'm not a big Tannehill guy. I just – I'm not a big Tannehill guy either. I'm saying, but he is good. He's okay. He, like, might, I, he might be done, though. And I think it's I safe think, to say. Oh, he's I think done. he is I, done. I, I, some guy put in Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton, I would consider what Tom is saying is good. Andy Dalton's a good quarterback. Yes, he was. And I think Andy Dalton is sig- better I, than, than Andy. Because Tannehill wow. doesn't turn the ball over. That was the difference. Like he, he, I know he did in the playoff oh, game I against disagree. the Bengals. But, like, there was one year, I'll pull up his stats, I think he was, like, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. That's that's damn good. That's damn good. And, yeah, they're in the same breath. But I, I would say Ryan Tannehill's better than Andy Dalton. Oh, I disagree completely. Yeah, I think I Andy Dalton's too. a significantly better quarterback. The bottom line is you could put them in the same conversation. Correct. Correct. Right? Okay. You, I mean, if you like one better than the other one, that's fine. But both of them have led their teams to the playoffs multiple times, not just once or twice. Uh, so they, th- those are good quarterbacks. All right, are we ready to do some picks around here? Yeah, we can do picks. We can do picks, Tom. Are we ready to go, or do we want to do a letter first? Do a, which would you prefer? We Let's do, do picks. Let's, Let's do, do picks. picks. Let's rock and roll with the picks. All right. We got, so we got a bunch of games this week, Tom. I want everybody jumping in on the chat, uh, thousands of you out there right now. I would like uh, some of you guys to pick as we go along here, and we are going to start on the college 
well, front. Well, actually, Tom, before we get these picks, I do have our records. I should have made a graphic for this. But uh, currently, you are in third place in, uh, in our picks rankings. You have a record of 41, 43, and 3. So you're Ugh. under 500. Ugh. Casey's in fourth place. He's got a record of 39, 45, and 3. Oh, boy. Trace, yeah, Trace is in dead last. He hasn't picked all the weeks, but he is 21, 27, and 2. Uh, me and Elliot holding up the lead. Elliot's in second, 40, 44, 40, and 3. And I'm wow. 48, 36, and 3. Wow. So, yeah, you guys are, are – I mean, you guys got to pick up the slack. Here. And asterisk, all my picks were my picks. Reed had uh, Sean pick his picks. One week. Yep. Yeah, but he went like nine and zero that week. Yeah, he did. He was seven and three. <laughs> I mean, that's significant. That's, significant. that's a significant jump there. That but really that's is. That's okay. That really is. Uh, seven and three, <laughs> four. What, what were you? What were you? How many were you over? I was uh, twelve over. Okay. Well, you'd be eight over without it. So yeah, if you if you take away that three that three uh, advantage, I'd still have a better winning. Percentage you would still be in Elliot. first place. Correct. Okay. Okay. All right. So let's get going here. Let's get going here. Um, We've got, again, you know, I, it's just one of those games every year where when you know they're going to play, you kind of circle it on your schedule. And you say, this is one like, um, who knows, flip coins when UCF and UC get together. So, UCF on the road, three and a half point favorite. Who's starting? Reed Mouse, please. Uh, yeah, I actually am going to go out on a limb here. I think that in the, the battle of the top teams in the Big 12, <laughs> when you throw out the record books, I'm going to take the home team. I'm gonna, I think UC covers three and a half. I don't know if they win, but I think it's going to be close down to the wire. And, you know, give me the Bearcats here. Okay. There is no bigger Bearcat guy on this show on a daily basis than Elliot Rearing. Yeah, I am. How are we looking here? I love the Cats. And, and here's the thing about the Cats. They suck. They're terrible. There's not one redeeming quality about this team. There's nothing except Dante Corleone. I like him. The Godfather is the. Godfather. I love the Godfather. The Godfather. Yes. Uh, I'm going to take UCF here. They are the self-proclaimed national champions of whatever year that was, 2017 maybe. People forget they have that in their stadium, Tom. They have a banner in their stadium that says they were the national champions. The issue is they did not win the national championship. It's it's preposterous. For what it's worth, before they started the BCS championship and whatever that was, 1998, that's how they that's how they were crowned national champions, right? They just, like, someone claimed it. Like, they were just like, I'm the national champs. That's wild. I mean, that's wild, and that's what UCF does. I think both these programs are fraudulent. Uh, but, unfortunately, UC, UC is just disgusting. It's a foul team. Emory Jones, this is the week. Something gives. Emory Jones will be benched. Bye-bye, Emory. Well, he was last week. Yeah, I know. But he'll be, he'll be out at, after the first quarter here. Okay. He's done. Permanently benched. Casey? Yeah, Tom, I'm also going to go out on a limb and say that UC gets it done, at least covers this spread. I think they're playing against a team that they know, that they've played many, many times, year yes, in, year please. out. And they, you know, play these teams pretty well. I think they've struggled against Big 12. But what about former American Athletic Conference Very teams? good point. So I'm going to take – Cincinnati here. Most of the guys here in the chat were getting a, a mixed bag, as you would expect in a game like this. Um, I'm going with UCF. I've seen enough of the Bearcats. I've seen enough. Yeah, but Tom, you said I've seen enough. I've picked them every week. You've said it yourself. <laughs> I have picked them every single stinking week to cover, and, and, and they are getting worse by the game. 
See, that's the problem. That's the problem with where they are as a program right now. And, you know, all the people screaming and yelling about Satterfield. And I've said from the beginning, you got to give the guy three or four years to get his own players in here. I'm not screaming for Satterfield to get run. But for the fan base, they've got to feel like something's moving in the right direction. And as every single game goes by, they're seeing less and less hope. Your guy Obama was all about hope and change. My guy? We're seeing no hope right now from UC. Not my guy, Tom? You're a guy. I don't know about You're that. You're a guy. I don't Liberal know about elite. that. But you know what? I think you and Elliot are making a mistake. You're looking at the records. You see UC's 2-4. and four No, and I don't. No, I'm watching no. the game. No, that's that right. UC watching no, the no, no, game. No, no, no. You see that UCF has a better record, but you forget when it comes to this game, Tom, you throw out the records. It's that kind of a rivalry. It's that kind of a rivalry. That's why I like the Bearcats at home. We have a kicker who I won't mention missing 22 yarders off the upright. So, I, again, I won't mention it because these are kids and they're just kids. But at the end of the day, I'd like my kicker to be able to make a 20-yard field goal. And, and, and calls from the chat, bring back, bring back the senator. And I don't mean Jim Trestle. Tommy Tuberville, what a disaster he was. <laughs> what, a, what an absolute disaster. Him and Brandon, Hall of Lame. Mm. All, All right. right. Next game. What do we have next? We have. There's some good games this weekend. The UC game is not one of them. All right. We got. We got <laughs> so we got uh, Washington undefeated, ranked number five. A lot of people out there, you know, they've been wondering about the Huskies. The last couple of weeks, they haven't looked very good. Um, I would make the argument that the best quarterback in college football this year has been Michael Penix Jr. The guy's been unbelievable. Now, Bo Nix, who you beat down all the time, Bo Nix is having a phenomenal year. Washington did beat Oregon. So if Washington wants to stay in the hunt for this college football playoff, they've got to win games like this. SC is 7-2, and two, not look good. They do have Caleb Williams. Washington comes into the Coliseum as a three-point Favorite. Read mouse. Tom, USC has looked very bad for several weeks now. Yes. Washington has looked very, very good. Undefeated, number five team in the country, but they're only three-point favorites against a bad-looking USC team. That line doesn't make any sense. It's for that reason that I think that uh, our old friends in Las Vegas know something we don't, and I'm going to take the Trojans. Give me the better quarterback. Wow. Okay. Elliot. I will, I will be taking USC as well. I think Caleb Williams is a very good quarterback still. I, I, I don't – I mean, yeah, they're not as good as, you know, Alabama or God knows whoever else, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia. But I still think they're a good team, and I think Washington's fraudulent. I think Penix is very good. I think he's going to win the Heisman. But at the end of the day, I think I'll take, I'll take the better team. I'll take the better quarterback, USC. Yeah, I also agree that the line doesn't make sense. But I think it's for the reason that it's going to be back and forth all day long. And when it comes right to it, I don't believe, I do not believe in Caleb Williams. I think he stinks. I think he's overrated. And he plays really bad against top-rated opponents. So I'm going with Washington. That over-under is ridiculous, by the way. Did you just say Caleb Williams 76. stinks? Correct. I did. He, he does not play well against ranked opponents, Tom. How can you say that he's a he's gonna a, he, a num the lock for a number one pick and he can't even beat the top teams in the he country? He is the lock for a number one pick. He is. He beats up on the bad teams, guys. Like what? Are we seriously gonna do this again? Are we gonna do this again with some <laughs> highfalutin quarterback that just you sound beats like up me on the talking to my kids? 
Have you watched Are we him play, do this Casey? Again? Caleb Williams pretty damn good. I, I get it. But he can only perform against the weakest of opponents, especially in the Pac-12. Are we really going to put our future on this Pac-12 quarterback to be this greatest prospect of all time? No. No. Not doing it. Okay. I love my USC pick now because of that analysis. I love it. Tom, who you got? I have uh, the Batlin Huskies in this one. The Batlin Huskies. The Huskies. It's not you said, but. Oh, who did I say? You said Trojans, but he's taking the Huskies now. I, I changed my mind. I'm taking the Huskies. Well, if I said the Trojans, shame him. on me. Shame on me. Washington's going to blow them out of the gym. All right. Uh, what's next? <laughs> Tell so funny. Missouri. <laughs> Because I, I picked them earlier. Because you picked them when you picked them right. before yeah, I, the show. I, I, I see it differently. <laughs> I've come to my senses being ha in Hamilton for an hour. The, the, I picked them sitting out on the east side of Cincinnati yesterday. I think more clearly when I come here. Okay. Did that speech get you? Casey's get you speech about Casey's Caleb speech Williams. got you. You have yeah. to admit, that's what, that's what turned you. He's a king of rhetoric. I have Casey's back. He has my back. That's my guy. All right. This, now, this is an interesting game. And, you know, just when you think that, that somebody is going to come along in the mighty SEC. And, look, we're getting to a point now where you're starting to wonder, is there anybody in the SEC that can beat Georgia? It's a legitimate question. Can anybody beat Georgia in the mighty SEC where all these great teams play? Can anybody beat them? I mean... You know, all they do is kick everybody's tail every week. And this year, you know, last week, they play uh, in the world's largest cocktail party. Everybody was saying, oh, here come the Gators. The Gators. They haven't been worth a hoot since Urban Meyer left. Well, all right, and now you got Missouri. Now, this is a team that they've beaten some good teams, man. And they, they're playing really, really well up to number 12 in the college football playoff rankings. They are a 15-and-a-half-point dog to the dogs in the dog pound. <laughs> Here's the, what the hell is so funny? funny I, you you Tom, put a lot that, of dogs together. What do you mean what's funny, so funny? Tom. You know Come you're on. being funny. Was, Come you on. You kept saying dog. Don't, don't make us laugh all and right, then go, right, why'd right, you right, laugh? Right, <laughs> what's right, that? Okay, all right, go ahead. Um, listen, Tom, Georgia <laughs> – once again, everyone comes comes over to this side of the room for our college football yeah. takes because we're very serious. Very. We're very, last year, Georgia almost slipped up against Missouri. Missouri is very, very good this year, up in the top 15. They're number 12, and it feels like we do this all the time with these you know, auxiliary SEC programs, Missouri, UK, Arkansas, yep. where they, they have a really good run. Let's yep. put them in the top 15, and then they got to go play the big dogs and get absolutely throttled by the Georgia Bulldogs. For that reason, I'm taking the Georgia Bulldogs. And to answer your question, can any team beat Georgia in the SEC? Yes, there is one team that can beat Georgia in the SEC, and we all know who it is. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, correct. Yeah. <laughs> we are on the same page. I, I, thought, I thought you were going to tell me Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> Big suey. Yeah. They could probably do it too. Uh, yeah, We're going to play year. that sometime. Can you get that te teed up later for Big Suey? We're going to pick that them one week. Arkansas. I just... Uh, yeah, so I, using Reed's what in the hell was that? Using, <laughs> that's a pig sound, Tom. Using Reed's analysis here, the game was close last year. I think the final was 26-22. Missouri probably should have won that game. Using that logic, okay. they're top 12 right now. Yes. The spread is 16. It's an absurdly high number for yep. two top 12 teams. All of this logic comes back to my brain and says, you know what? 
That spread's too big. Vegas knows something I don't know. I'm taking Georgia. I might do Georgia alternate spread minus 30 and a half because there's just no way this spread should be this high. And for that reason alone, I'm taking the spread. Georgia, go dogs. Dogs. How about you, Casey? You with the dogs? I'm with the dogs. Uh, they already had their, their scare, I would say. I, would, I, I think Auburn was their scare. This, to me, I mean, they, Mizzou has not played anyone. They've not beaten anyone, so they've not beaten anyone. They're in the mighty SEC. Yeah, but you wanna you wanna go through the list of who they go ahead. Beat? Please do. South Dakota, Middle Tennessee. Hold Kansas. on a minute now. We, you know we've used that term already <laughs> today, but throw out the record books when you're locking up with South Dakota. <laughs> oh my god. Go Thompson ahead. Wins. Tom. Kansas State, which you're high on. You're high on Kansas State. <laughs> Kansas State's damn good. Memphis, Vanderbilt. They lost to LSU. What was the score in that one? 49-39. Okay, good game. And then Kentucky, South Carolina, and now they're playing Georgia. They haven't played anybody. They haven't played the top dogs in the SEC, and when they did, they got blown out. So, <laughs> taking Georgia. <laughs> Doesn't uh, make sense. Yeah, but now everybody's on Georgia, Casey. I have to switch my pick. I have to switch my pick. Well, you don't uh, know what Tom's doing. You don't know what Tom's oh, doing. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Oh, he knows where I'm going. I'm taking the dogs. <laughs> So go ahead. Are you changing? <laughs> yeah, I'm cha- Casey. I'm changing mine. I'm this going to, show has gotten going to, delightfully goofy. I'm going Casey. I'm going Missouri. I take. There was a close game last year. They should have won. Uh, Vegas knows nothing. Missouri covers this spread easily. <laughs> that a boy. That a boy. All right. Next up, Alabama. Oh, this versus is the game LSU. of the weekend. Game of the weekend. I'm really excited about this game um, because the Jaden Daniels kid is really good. The quarterback for LSU. And I'm a Brian Kelly guy, the fighting Brian Kellys. But I'll get to my pick in a second. Reed. Yeah. Alabama's on a roll. Alabama is on a roll. I mean, you can you can never count out Alabama. I mean, I think if they got in the college football playoff, they'd be one of the best. I mean, they're they're one of the best teams in the country despite what they've looked like at certain times this year, and that's just because of history. I mean, this is this is a game, and when it comes to a big time game, you take Perhaps the greatest coach that the sport has ever seen, Tom. Not even perhaps. Don't do it. Correct. So I know where he's going. LSU, go yeah, Tigers. Yeah, I knew he was going to do Brian it. Brian Kelly. As the fighting Brian Kelly. As number one. He did all that serious talk for the first three minutes of that speech just to get to Brian Kelly. Uh, Brian Kelly's a fraudulent. He's a quitter. That's quitter, Brian. And I'm going to go Alabama. You don't, get, <laughs> you don't get rich betting against Alabama and Nick Saban. I'm, I'm riding with the Crimsons. You know – I had a tough time choosing yeah. the team I was going to pick here. But in all honesty, I only pick LSU, so then maybe I can just sneak one from Reed because he's the top of the leaderboard right now. So that is the only analysis. The only reason I picked LSU is to try to gain a leg up on him. Well, wait a minute. He's I picked a, LSU. He picked LSU too. Yeah, I know. I mean, that's – no, your logic didn't make sense. You got, you got, you got <laughs> thrown into a pretzel. Right. Listen, my mind's been in a pretzel now, all day. You know what it says? I don't want to lose <laughs> ground to read. Casey, we got to fight through this. We're on the same bet. <laughs> We're in a mental pretzel. Casey, switch it to Alabama. Casey, switch it to Alabama. Is he switching? I can't tell what he's doing. What was well, that? I meant to put <laughs> Alabama. That's what I meant to put on there. Trying to get a leg up on yep, Reed. There it is. That's it. Tom? There it is. <laughs> I used to be somebody. Blanchester <laughs> Rhetoric. Oh, my He's God. He's the king of rhetoric. Wait till we get to the high school picks. <laughs> I am taking the Crimson Tide of Alabama, the fight in Jacob Tissett's. Right. We, need, we need Alabama to get to the playoffs so Tissett can get us tickets. We need, we need Jacob Tissett to, to give us – to get us some ticky wickies? Some ticky wickies. Uh, get us some, some sideline passes. Next game. 
We'll get those from Connor Stallions. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, next game. Uh, again, in the used-to-be important game, uh, Reed fought for us to do this one instead of so many others, which we, couldn't have, we, we could have chosen, including Ohio State. But we've got Clemson against the 15th-ranked Fighting Irish of Notre Dame, the Irish on the road at Clemson. Boy, there's a lot going on down there at Clemson. We talked about it this week with Dabo going off on his radio show. Um, another year where it's poor quarterback play. Uh, there's chaos down there right now. For the first time in a long time, this guy won two national championships at Clemson. Twelve times they've won ten or more games. They're trying to just get into a bowl game this year. What are you picking? Yeah, I mean. Who are you picking? Tom, come on. When Catholics go on the road, when Ca- I don't know if you've oh, read the history boy, books. now we're drifting from politics to religion. I, I don't know if you've read the history books, but but Catholics they, they they do well when they get when they go southeast. So for that reason, give me the give me the Irish minus two and a half on this pick. The Irish is the program that Quitter Brian left for, and then he quit there too. Uh, I, I'm sure their hearts are, are still are still hurting from from Brian Kelly's quit. So I'm gonna go Debo Sweeney. We're gonna ride with Clemson here. Listen, I think again this is one of those weird spreads. I think Clemson's horrible, but I think they cover this game, and not only that, I think they win the game, and it knocks Notre Dame out of relevancy yet again. Got to ride with the coach from Southwest Ohio, though, Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame. Buckeye. <laughs> yeah, I'm picking Notre Dame. They were my dark horse playoff team early on in the season. I still have a lot of faith in them. I think they're really good. Clemson, not so much. So, two, two and a half point spread, that's easy. Tom? I'm taking the Fighting Irish as well. Keep peace in the household, if nothing I else. I love my pick even Good. more right Just now. Peace I love in my the pick household. even more. My bride being an alum. Non-Catholic alum, I might add. How about that? But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm not going down the religion road like Reed wants to take this show. All right, we shift gears to the National Football League. We talked about some great matchups. And this might really, I mean, look, we're all excited around here about the, the Bengals and the, and the Bills, rightfully so. But this might be the best matchup of the weekend. Because there are a lot of questions here. There are a lot of questions. You know, are the Dolphins really as good as people think they are? They hung 70 on, um, on Denver. The same team, Denver's defense, which only gave up nine points to Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs last week when Denver won that game 23-9. to A lot of people are wondering about the Chiefs. Yeah, their offense looks good, 20-20, to but they're not scoring touchdowns. Their defense has played very well. They've gotten off after the quarterback better than they have maybe ever. So, with all that on the menu, read. Yeah, now we're in the big boy league. Now I can be a little we more. Are. Se- now I can be a little more serious. We Listen, are. I am so excited to wake up on 9 a.m. on Sunday and get to watch this game because I love the Chiefs. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think that they're a fantastic team. I like them in this game. I think it's an overreaction from how bad they looked. Against Denver last week, I think everyone rides high on the fins because they're fun and they score a lot of points and all that things. Take the better coach. Take the better quarterback. I like the Kansas City Chiefs in this one. I think the Chiefs play up to their competition. I think they're going to win this game. Uh, 9 a.m., though, tough, tough, Roger. This is one of the best games of the slate. We're playing it at 9 a.m. That's fantastic. That's brutal. Wake up. Yeah, well, both of you guys, though, went to uh, Catholic parochial schools. Correct, correct. Okay, so what are you going to say to your mom and dad when it's time? Because I know I'm going to church. 
Yeah. But I mean, well, I mean, you know, the football game's good, but I can catch that on the flip side. What are you going to say to your bride? What are you going to say to your folks? Uh, luckily, they have Saturday masses. We can go on. We can go on Saturday oh, afternoon. I forgot about that. Correct. Yes. Very nice. But we'll be working, so I won't. Saturday, like six p, seven p, something like, 4:30. like that. Four thirty. Oh, even better. Yeah, you can't get in the way of a big Saturday night. Right, right across the street here. St. Jules. <laughs> I might go over there after the show. Go ahead, Case. Uh, Chiefs. Dolphins are fraudulent. Okay. So. Dalton, the Dolphins are not fraudulent, but I get the point. Well, since you just said they're fraudulent, I am taking the fraudulent fighting fins. That's right. I think they're coming to play. And, and it might be the last time I ever pick the Dolphins again in any game. But I'm picking them to win in Frankfurt, <laughs> Germany. <laughs> There's something that, that goes together. Frankfurt, Germany, and Dolphins. There's something that goes together. Flows very naturally. Mm. Okay. What's next up? Cardinals versus Browns. Cleveland favored by seven. And uh, Joshua Dobbs uh, was dropped as a starter at quarterback. Um, and now they're going with a rookie. Jo Dobbs has since been traded to Minnesota. Still no Kyler Murray. Now, see, that's the guy... We were talking about Deshaun Watson earlier. Right. Okay, now, Murray, for me, that's the one. Why is he not on the field? He's going to be on the field this Sunday, right? He's going to play. Is that it, for sure? Yeah, I mean, they traded, well, they traded away their quarterback. They traded Josh Dobbs. Well, I know that, but then they named the other rookie as a starter. I didn't oh. check on that today. Somebody look that up real quick before we make this I'm pick. Because I thought I saw where they were starting the rookie uh, this weekend. Well, they just released uh, the new Call of Duty, so maybe Kyler Murray is going to be busy. Um, That's good. Uh, it is, as the depth chart does have Clayton Toon as the starter. That's well, exactly right. This is going to be the Clayton Toon game. I like the Cardinals in this one. I think the Browns are going to win this game. I just, I don't know. I just got a weird feeling that the, the Cardinals are going to cover seven points. I think they're a scrappy bunch over there, down there in Phoenix. Um, and, uh, yeah, I like the Cardinals to, to cover seven. Yeah, I'm going to take the Cardinals as well. I don't think the Browns are very good. And for that reason alone, they've got P.J. Walker. They've got Deshaun Watson. Either of those quarterbacks are terrible, both of them. P.J. Walker especially terrible. I, don't, I think the Browns win the game. I don't, I don't think they cover eight and a half, though, or seven, seven, whatever that says right there. So I'm going to take the Cardinals to cover. Low-scoring game. It'll be a horrible game to watch. Tell you what, horrible. this Toon guy is an interesting cat. He was a fifth-round pick this year out of the University of Houston, Texas kid. In his college career, he threw 104 touchdowns and threw only 41 picks. It's college. Now he's in a pro. Big chance for him this week in Cleveburg, Ohio. Go ahead. Uh, I'm taking the Browns. I'm going to go with my what? head. I'm going to go oh with my, my head God. on this one. I just sold your soul. You can't. You can't. You cannot tell me that Clayton Toon is going to do anything similar to what Josh Dobbs did. For the Cardinals, I think it's going to be much worse. Um, the team is bare bones already. You get rid of a, a weapon that could run the ball like Josh Dobbs. Going with the Browns in this one. You know, a lot of people in the chat are, are immediately climbing your case, Casey. I hate this, Tom. This I is mean, disgusting. this is really unsettling. I got to make up ground somehow. Reed, throw, Reed throws this word around a lot. It's troubling. It's troubling what you're doing here. Yeah. I mean, really because is. you're the guy all along that talks about how putrid and how bad they stink and all this kind of thing, and you are picking them to not only win, but to basically blow Arizona out of the gym. Yeah, spread's eight. I originally had it at seven. It's at eight. Well, I mean, I, it's a win-win for me. If they lose, if they lose, I get to call them, you know, putrid again. And then if they win, I get a leg up on you guys. So, 
If Cleveland wins a game, will they come out of the putrid category? No. No. All right, I am taking the Brownies as well. Oh I think the God. Brownies got a good team. I do. And I don't badmouth Cleveland, unlike the rest of you guys. Tom, I, 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 Tom it's a lot of fun. Tom, if we close our eyes right now, if we close our eyes collectively right now, can you picture P.J. Walker holding up the Lombardi trophy in February? No. I'm not picking for the Lombardi yeah, trophy. Just, I'm just talking I know, about I'm beating. I know. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I, this, he, Tom, Tom says he likes the Brownies. He thinks they're a good team. I'm just thinking I think the Browns stink. All right. Okay. But I, I went with my pick. Casey, Casey went against it. Got three right. more. Three more. Ravens versus Seattle. Baltimore favored by six. That's a, that's a significant number there, six. That's what a, are you that, thinking there, Reed? Well, that's why. I think both these teams are a little underrated at this point in the season. I think I that a lot of people don't recognize the Ravens as a true AFC contender. I think that a lot of people just think that the, the Seahawks are just some middling team despite their record. I think both teams are very, very good. I think both teams can and, and perhaps will win a playoff game. But in this one, I like the Seahawks covering six points. I think that they're going to keep it close. I think both these teams kind of jive well together. Give me the Seahawks uh, covering six. I think this will be a really good game. I think this will be a very good game. Geno Smith is better than I give him credit for. Lamar Jackson's an elite quarterback. I think, now granted, I think Seattle should cover this number, but for that reason alone, I'm taking the Ravens. I think the Ravens win by a touchdown because I don't think they should win by a touchdown in this game. All right, so at the end of the day, are you, I mean, if you had now to, to put this, you know, Money where the mouth is for the Zebra Zillionaires. Yeah. All right? Yeah. W w where are you going? For the Zebra Zillionaires, not for our picks, but for the Zebra Zillionaires, where are you leaning? Seahawks. <laughs> Casey. So, I... My biggest fear about the Seattle Seahawks is their offensive line. Can they protect Geno Smith? Last week, they played the Browns, who really likes to get after quarterbacks, and they did a pretty decent job at keeping them clean. So maybe they figured something out that allows Geno Smith to be able to stay clean. And for that reason alone, I think their weapons are solid. I think they cover. I think they cover. I don't know if they win. I love Geno Smith, but I don't know if they win that ball game. I think they cover the game, though. I think this is zero contest. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens at home, uh, they are an elite team. There's no question about it. As long as the quarterback stays upright, they just find a way to get it done. Very, very well coached. Um, R-A-V-E-N-S, Ravens. Big, big in this one. All right. Moving on to Eagles versus Cowboys. Okay, yeah. fellas. I mean, again. You know, here you go. And these are these games, and we talked about it with Brian Billick the other day. Is it the end of the world if Dallas loses? No, it's not. Uh, because you're expected not to win this game. Most people say you're going to play Philadelphia. They look like the best team in the NFL through eight games or seven and one. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to say, okay, if you go in there and compete and get beat, okay, fine. I don't agree with that. I, I think we have reached or we're dangerously close to reaching. Can Dak Prescott lead his team to a win against a really good team and start to put themselves legitimately in the conversation 
of being a bona fide contender to win the NFC. Right now, they would never say this. Would never say it. But inside of that Cowboys locker room, guys that have been around for a while, they're all looking around and they're wondering, can we do it? They believe they can do it, but there's, there's doubt. There's no doubt with Philadelphia. They believe they are going to win. I'll get to my pick in a second. What are your thoughts, Reed Mouse? I feel like we have amnesia when it comes to the Dallas Cowboys, Tom. Every year we fool ourselves into thinking this team's good, right? This team's an actual contender. This team's going to do it this year. And they've got a great roster built around. They've got Dak Prescott, who I guess is a good quarterback, right? He's, he's, He's not in that elite tier. But we just keep fooling ourselves into thinking that this is an elite team. They're not an elite team, Tom. They are the exact same team as like four other teams in the league, and they're just worse at it. I think the Philadelphia Eagles win this game, and I think they win it big. Give me the Eagles. Okay. In my brain, again, I'm using that same logic we just used, but then I'm thinking I don't win many bets, so I'm going to go with the Cowboys. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. Wow. I don't think Dak Prescott – to answer your question, Tom, I don't think Dak Prescott wins this game. I just think Jalen Hurts has been turnover-prone all season long. He's going to throw a couple big interceptions here, and Cowboys defense does what the Cowboys defense does, which is single-handedly win them ball games. They win this game like 20-17. to 17. Wow. Okay. Casey. Yeah, I'm not going to overcomplicate this. I think it's the Eagles. They're just the better team top to bottom. So they got this. I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. As they like to say in Philly. Oh, yeah. Go, Birds. Big time. Go, Birds. And I mean to tell you. Go, Birds. Go sit in the upper deck for a game at, at the link. Whew. You ever been up there? I've been told by many people about it. When I was there, I was broadcasting games. I would love to go there sometime and and go to a game and sit up there. I would love it. Those are my kind of people. They're not your guys' kind of people, but my kind of people. Not my kind of people. Uh, Definitely not. Hmm. Definitely not. Hmm. Um, Okay. Now we come to the granddaddy of them all. Bengals versus Bills. Bengals favored by two at Paycor. Tom, I like to be as biased as possible when it comes to my picks. Yes, you do. I like to, or unbiased, I should say. <laughs> um, it is for that reason that I, this is my objective take. We're starting to wind up here. The Cincinnati Bengals aren't going to win by three. Here we go. They're not going to win by six. Nope. I don't think they're going to win by 10, Tom. Wind it this up. is a 20 point win for the Cincinnati wow. Bengals on Sunday Night Football. Bengals are all the way back. Get to Paycor, wear your black if you're in one section, wear your orange if you're in the other. Bengals win this game, they cover by a bunch, by buckets, Tom. Okay. Casey said it earlier, I do believe the Bengals are a more talented team than the Bills. I think they're a better team than the Bills. The Bengals, I believe, will win this game by 10 points. Saying all that, I have to take the Bills, and this is for the people, this is for the city of Cincinnati, this is for me in making sure the Bengals win this game. I'll take the Bills, and I'll take the, and I'll take the loss for the city. That's what kind of man I am, Tom. Well, Didn't you say earlier this year, correct me if I'm wrong, and I thought this was where you were going, didn't you say earlier this year that you would not pick the Bengals again? That's right, and that's what I just did there. Okay, I that's the what I figured. Okay, all right, Casey, you're Tom. a man of your word. That's right. Now somebody's going to have to take my phone Sunday night because repla- I'll be placing a large amount of money on the Bengals. <laughs> a, historic, a historic number, Tom. <laughs> my accountant's going to have to get in touch with me after the that. The bards one. are going to write songs about this bet. <laughs> they will. They will. 
<laughs> parts. I, I'm also not going to make this pick difficult. I already said it. This team, this roster is better top to bottom. So, Bengals. All right. I'm taking the Bengals to roll. I'm uh, I'm with Reed on this. I think the Bengals are going to take it to them. I think they got this team's number. Hell yeah, Tom. I think they got okay. it. Yeah. Here we go. All right. Uh, I want to give it up to Austin Hammond. Came back. Came I back. Mean, I got on his tail about the whole Michigan thing and how he disappeared. And I gave him the benefit of the doubt. I said he might have had to go to class or go into work. So, I didn't, I didn't kill him. But Austin's back. And he's saying, hey, look. Tom, I'm not saying that Michigan shouldn't be punished. Far from it. But why punish now when the sign stealing has nothing to do with the games ahead? What about all the games behind? What about all the teams that you just... You ran in the ground and lost one time over the last... Or two times over the last two years. Two total games. I mean, do those games mean nothing? And what you did to those other teams and student athletes and all that kind of thing, if this is proven true, I mean, come on. The Big Ten cannot, I said it yesterday, they cannot allow Michigan to play in the Big Ten championship game this year. They cannot allow that to happen. The Big Ten's better but than that. But they will. I don't think they will. I, don't, I, think, I, I think there is just too much pressure inside the walls of the conference right now. All right. Um, we have a letter. We do, but we're right. not done with picks yet, Tom. It's our favorite. We don't. We don't. Listen, I don't oh have too many. Oh my gosh, of these. I forgot. I know. I, we I'm don't have sorry. too many of these left, so I got. I got to take advantage of it. High school picks. Reed's finally back in the room. Uh, loser of this, Tom. I know you weren't here for the start of it. Loser of this gets fired. That's what we. That's what we determined. So I'm going to go over the records real quick, then we'll get into it. All right. Casey is 41 and nine in high school picks this year. 41 and nine. Trace is 29 and 11. Reed is 32 and 13, missed a week. Elliot is 33 and 17. Wow. Tom is 8 and 2. Okay. All right, so here we go. 8 and 2, that's the best winning percentage, I think. Go ahead. That's, I, well, I well, don't think Casey's so. Casey's might be better. Yeah, I think 41 and 9 is pretty good. Uh, the big one, Elder High School, Lakota West. The Purple Panthers are going to whoop up on the Firebirds. Elder wins this one easy. Uh, Lakota West has a linebacker playing quarterback, but since they made that switch to that linebacker playing quarterback, they haven't lost a game. In fact, they've won most of them by 30-plus points, so give me the Firebirds. Yeah, I'll take the Firebirds. Tom? I'm a public school guy. Mm -hmm. Lakota West, move on. All right. Hamilton, our oh, hometown team. You just already put me down. All right. I got the big blue in this one. All right, all right. I yep. love the big blue. <laughs> in fact, in fact I think I might have a hard time getting out of here today. All of you guys, I hope you're prepared for this. Why am I saying that, Reed? Uh, they are closing down Main and High Street to uh, wish the boys goodbye. Letting them leave town with a, with a police escort. I think that yards. is absolutely really cool. We did a lot of that stuff at Marymont yeah. when teams would go to the state, you know, whatever. I mean, yeah, that's really cool, and I'm yeah. glad they're doing that here in Hamilton. Yeah, Elder doesn't really do that. We act like we've been there a couple times, but that's, that's here, not, neither here nor there. Uh, so I'm going to take... Are there police in Price Hill? <laughs> People uh, have cars that go to There certainly are. <laughs> Alright, uh, uh, I'm going to go Princeton here. Uh, give me the big blue. Big blue by 90. Let's go. Coach Cow. Where is this being played at? Sharonville. Princeton. It's in Princeton? Yep. Big time, big time uh, venue there. It is One of the best really, in the town. It is actually a really nice It's field. really nice. It's very oh, yeah. nice. The, the big blue played them in Princeton 
Correct, and had him, had him, had him on the ropes. Had him on the ropes. It was, it was some bad officiating. Is why Big nobody Bull wants to hear that. Go ahead. And for that reason alone, I feel like maybe something similar happens again, and officiating might burn them oh. a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna go with Princeton. I hate doing that. He hates it. That's I don't right. want the that OGCA to happen. is trying to hold down the city of Hamilton. That's what they do. That's what they do. That's why they had those. They, they the wow. fix was in. The fix was in from the Southwest Athletic District Board. All right, uh, in Division Three, Region Twelve, we have Bellbrook taking on Baden. Bellbrook v. Baden. Go ahead. I'll take Bellbrook. Uh, <laughs> Bellbrook is a very, very good program. They run the wing tee. Um, Baden's starting quarterback. Fun fact: Alex Ritzy. He got his first start in the regional finals as a sophomore. Um, the starting quarterback for that undefeated team went down. Alex Ritzy came in as a sophomore and led the Baden Rams to the state finals. Now he's a senior. Give me the Baden Rams again. Okay. Going with the Rams. Baden Rams. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I normally go with a public school, but, I mean, uh, Baden is a powerhouse, at least until they get to the state final That's four. That's right, Tom. <laughs> then, they, then they lay an egg. But getting there is not the problem. So, okay. uh, the Baden Rams, they, their helmet. Uh, and there it's it. not up there. No, it's, so it's Ross Rams. Go ahead. All right, last two picks here. Division four, region 16. We have Tom's team, Indian Hill, taking on Alter. Todd, Indian Hill is our school's biggest rival. How no, would they ever school. be put you're, in you're, my team? You're an Indian Hill fan. I am Hill the biggest anti-Indian Hill Braves guy and in I, this room. And I am going to ride with Tom's team, Indian Hill. Indian Hill takes the dub. Kettering Alter is a powerhouse. A lot of uh, NFL players have come through there. Um, Chris Borland, Joe Tooney, all these guys, Mangold. Um, That's yep. a real man. Yep. So man give me the Alter Knights. Give me the Alter Knights. Casey? Powerhouse. I'm going with the Alter Knights. Can't beat Baden. And Tom. I am going all the way with the Braves. Okay. Indian Hill is really good this year. They got the coach that used to be at Moeller, won state championships there, won them in Indiana, won them in Kentucky. He's got it going on. They're going to roll that game tonight. And I'm really excited for the last pick. Yes. Class 1A in Kentucky. Newport Central Catholic takes on Trimble County. Oh, I'm definitely going with NCC. NCC. Yep, NCC as well. Casey? NCC. Yeah, and that's smart because, unfortunately, Trimble County has forfeited this match, and uh, Newport Central Catholic will be moving on. So we won that game. We won it. Hey, we won. we're already won it. Win. You didn't, I was, you didn't I, give your pick. Were you on Trimble County? I was hoping somebody would pick Trimble County is what I was hoping there, but that's, that's fine. Either way, Trimble County, unfortunately, their season has ended. And that's it for the high school picks, so we'll see what happens. Okay. John Rodenberg is a coach here at Indian Hill, by the way. Before we move on, we did get a new member, Nathan Hines. No! Nathan Wines. The father-in-law. The father-in-law. Becoming a member today. He built this beautiful set. That's, no, that's, that's that was my oh, that's dad. That's your dad. That was I, his father I, I, well, yeah, I always drop the ball. That's right. Your dad and his, and his brother? Is that what my, you said? My uncle. Your, yeah, his brother. No, my, my mom's. Dad, oh, all right. Okay. All right. Brother, we'll sorry. get a straight one of these. If I keep throwing darts against the wall, sooner or later they'll hit. Yes, but your dad <laughs> did a great job on this place. Uh, and welcome, Nathan Hines. All right. All right. Uh, we got Chad Power Rankings to wrap up the day. Uh, or no, we have a letter first, please. Letter Let's go. Chad Power we just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. from. I wonder who it's from. It's from Little Yachty Air. 
little Yadier from Mr. Molina's class. Yadier and his buddies run a kickball league at their school. They are self-proclaimed as the best 7U kickball league in the country. Wow. Unfortunately, the school is being shut down because it's a front for the mafia. Now, the kickball league members are all going to different schools around the area, but two, two kids are staying. Now, Yadier and the other members of the league are filing... <laughs> Yadier and the other members of the league are filing a lawsuit to make sure those two kids don't take sole possession of the kickball league. Yadier wants to know, is it fair that Washington State and Oregon State are seemingly being punished by the other teams for staying true to the, staying true to the conference? Have you seen that report, Tom? I have, and I think it is really unfair. I, I, I do. I, I truly believe that. Um, and you have to read all about the story because it's a complicated thing. you have any opinion on that story? Yeah, I think it's nonsense that they should be punishing Washington State and Oregon State for staying yeah. at their, in their conference. That's right. And it all comes down to money. Yep. And they're, basically, they're saying, they're saying the other schools are saying that they'll get control of the board if they stay, and they'll withhold the revenue that would then go to the uh, whatever, the rest of them. That's right. That's right. And, and meanwhile, USC and UCLA and Oregon and Washington will be swimming in a, 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 a lake full of cash coming into the Big Ten. And a lot of easy wins as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they announced a schedule, by the way. Uh, Michigan's going to play somebody in the, uh, next year. USC, their Ooh, first Big Ten game. Oh, my gosh, Tommy. How about that? USC. No, Caleb, oh, Caleb. Caleb might come back. All right. Are we ready now yeah. for the um, our list? The yeah, chat, chat list. Chat, I did, I did power, chat power I did, rankings. I think I did 20 last week. Are we getting up to 20? We're not doing 20 Thank this God. Week. We're not doing 20 this week. All right. Um, unfortunately, we had a lot of loyal loyal viewers and loyal people in the chat we love all of you guys truly we love you all sorry that we can't name you all but this week we've got a top six and we got two caveats on top of the top six so without further ado it's this week's chat power right, here we go coming in at number six he's a stars fan he's a he's a loyal member of the show he, he watches and he supports me that's, that's why um we got sean connor Oh, no, it's, there's his picture. Sean Connor. Sean. We, we thank you for being in the chat. Very nice, Sean. You don't have a picture. I put a picture of Sean Connery. I figured that was fitting. Yep. I figured that was fitting. Yep. All right, coming in at number five. He is a lover of football, especially where football reigns supreme up there in Matt country. It is uh, Chase Heitkamp. Uh, Chase, we, we appreciate Chase. you. He's very good. He, he tweets us quite often. He often puts good things in the chat. He, he's great. Nice. He's fantastic. All right. Uh, coming in at number four. And we have a lot of good sportsmanship in the chat. We do. Congratulating we do. one another as you go through the list. Correct. I didn't mean to interrupt. Please carry on. Number four. Unfortunately for number four, we don't have a picture for you because you don't have a, um, uh, YouTube picture. So, uh, I put in my own. It's, it's once again, Elliot with Ted's girlfriend, Taylor Swift. Justin Edgel. Let's um, go, Justin. You love Justin. He has been solid. He's been great. He's been solid. He's I give been, it up to him. He's been fantastic. Yep. I think he's put a couple of super chats in. And yep. he, he often keeps the conversation going yes, in the chat. Yes, he does. He doesn't fall for the frivolous things that, you know, Elliot wants to put out there and, and whatnot. That's right. Um, before we get into the top three, we have a new thing, and that is insult of the week. I get insulted quite a bit in this chat. You really it, do. It often makes me giggle. A lot of it makes me giggle. So insult of the week comes from Yash. He called me a chubby Christian McCaffrey. I thought that was I thought that was a great insult. It made me giggle. That That's was a good the top one, of Yash. the show. So thanks, Yash. That's for, big league picture. For the insult. Yash is in the United Kingdom, I he think. Is. Yes. He is. Yes. So he's what, seven hours ahead? Something like that, Greenwich Mean Time? Something like that. Um, coming in at number three. I put you at number three because yeah, you're great to the chat, you do all these things, but most importantly, 
your picture. It's Drew Sample. You understand what it's like being a disciple of Drew Sample. Once we get Drew Sample cooking, this offense is going to put up 40, 50, maybe even 60 points a game. So thank you, Nick, for, uh, for being a disciple of Drew. boy, Nick. Coming in at number two. He's a, he's a diehard Michigan fan. We often have to keep him in check, not only in our chat, but on Twitter as well. It's Mark Fetters. Fetters! Mark, Mark you, you add just a little bit of spice. You, you add a little goofiness to the chat oftentimes. Sometimes it gets a little too too serious, but then Mark comes in with a zinger. Yep. So, Mark, thank you for being a Michigan fan, and thank you for being number uh, two. Not so much a Michigan fan, but, but the rest go ahead. Uh, before we get to number one, we also have another – new entry i call this the new mouse cop it is uh i don't think it needs any uh instruction it's just the new mouse cop and that is everett henry oh, everett, no. what oh, happened no. what oh, happened no. everett you're the new mouse cop you're the new mouse cop all you do is just bash me down bash me down bash me down i still have love for you ramley all the good stuff but you're the new mouse cop until it, further notice that's a bad take uh, why is it a bad take is it true or not it's not true no one could replace Mouse Cop. Well, nobody's not saying that anybody, but he's saying he's acting like Mouse Cop. Yep, he's the new Mouse Cop. Okay. He's the new Mouse Cop. All right. He's allowed. He's allowed. It's his rankings. Leave him alone. Coming in at number one, Blackmore. Blackmore. <laughs> Terrible I, I love you, Blackmore. He supports on. me tooth and nail, and that's what it is. Listen, these, these, these rankings, they're biased. Everyone knows they're biased. And, and listen, if you want to support me, you'll get in these power rankings. Blackmore. Ardent supporter of, of old Rita Roo, and thank you. We love you, Blackmore. Thanks, man. All right, that was our chat power rankings. No Molly. No Molly. She uh, she's a Hamiltonian. She is uh, <laughs> I that list stunk. No Sir Boy Wonder. No Sir Boy Wonder. Arguably the biggest fan of Chatterbox isn't 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 on the on the list. I, I listen, guys. I it's a real shame. I didn't, I, I didn't sorry I didn't do a forty five a sixty four person league. That's 46, That's what I did. I tried to support all our people. We love you all. We love every single person in the chat. Doesn't sound like seriously, it. except for Everett Respond, Everett Henry. Okay. We thank everybody for being a part of the chat, though, and being a part of the program, right? Yes. Do we absolutely. have the we have the video teed up before <laughs> no, we get to uh, before up. we get to no, box we, lunch today, right? We do a box lunch today. Yeah. Casey is hosting. Casey. That's right. He said he was going to be a little more prepared this go round than last week. So look. For those of you that are new to the program, and, and, and look, we can't, the, the analytics, the computer, the drive, can't keep pace with the number of you that are jumping on on a daily basis for the first time, whether it's here, Twitter, uh, you know, YouTube, whatever. Um, so we thank you for being with us. Uh, obviously, Monday's a big day. Got the Bengals to rehash. Uh, we've got the Chiefs and the Dolphins to rehash. Will Baltimore finally lose a game? Give the Bengals a chance to get a little bit closer in the division. Uh, what about the Brownies? What happens there? What about UC and UCF? It's a big one. That's a big one. <laughs> For nobody. And I tell you, I'm really interested in watching this Purdue-Michigan game after the Purdue coach. I mean, would Harbaugh want to run it up on him for those comments made yesterday? Could be interesting. All right, so without further ado, we wish all of you a wonderful weekend. we got the Bearcat Bash tomorrow on Short Vine. Mm -hmm. Come on out. Uh, it starts what, around noon, a little earlier than that? A little earlier, I think 11. 11, 11. okay, 11 o'clock. We've got the stage up there, okay. previewing the game. It's like a college game day kind of thing. If you haven't been down, it's supposed to be a beautiful day again tomorrow. So come on down and hang out. 
right? In the sunshine, right on a college Great. campus. Nothing's better than that. So come on down, and, uh, and, we, and we'll look forward to seeing you. And uh, we will see you on Monday. It wouldn't be the same getting your weekend started without our cherry on top. Presented by United Dairy Farmers. Enjoy box lunch and enjoy this as well.